let's get started. So um, I wanted to, you know, uh, just just like last time, massive thank you for all the the, the contributions. Um, I, you know, again, I realize not everyone managed to get theirs in, but that's totally cool. You know, especially, you know, it's busy, Mine's still a work in progress. Bu- busy times and stuff like that. But I mean, the uh, the tarot cards from from both, uh, you know, both you guys are just this mind blowing. I, I just like love them so much. And I, 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 oh God, I think my favorite was probably the one of the twins, but I really liked the one of Astrid too, doing the balancing. I, I thought that that was really cool. Um, so oh, yeah, pretty good those ones, definitely. yeah, no, no, no. I, ju- I just want to add that. I also am really enjoying, um, all the artwork that people are doing. Oh my yes, God, so it's... do I. And Although this Taren one of Cassandra writing, looks like Queen Elizabeth, the, uh, Queen Elizabeth the first. <laughs> <laughs> Did, did, did you hear that? <laughs> Leah, Karen was saying that, that the, the Cassandra one, the Two of Swords, or the Queen of Swords, whatever, uh, looks like Queen Elizabeth, mm-hmm. you were saying? The first. Okay, the first. Interesting. <laughs> wow. I think there's like at least a little bit of the in-flight influence there. That's, yeah. that's awesome. That's really cool. Okay, so then, you know, while we wait, uh, why don't you guys talk a little bit from a player recap perspective? Any particular scenes that you enjoyed or were really memorable? I know it was a little while ago, but let's let's see uh, how your memories are and what you remember of last session. Uh, as Astrid, I remember being incredibly frustrated <laughs> at um, the group and Sandra, because um, you know we didn't know what to do, and Gideon had contacted me uh, with the um, desire to exchange information exactly um, through a tarot card reading, and it seemed, and then he, you know, offered to extend the reading to to others, and uh, let's say that Cassandra and Sigrun were both uh, not very trusting. Uh, Cassandra does not know what trust is, so that would be completely in character. Um, my most memorable part, I like the scene in the hospital with both me, with both Cassandra and, um, and, uh, and, uh, Leia, what's your character's name? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Particularly Sorrel's with the, 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 Thing that turns into like a worm going to Oh yeah, eye. that's right. That was very harrowing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was also extremely frustrated with Astrid and her innate trust in Gideon, who is probably <clears throat> on the wrong side. And and see, like sometimes I wonder, I oh. wonder how much of that is 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 just Katie, your 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 personality. Like like it 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 feels like. Astrid is like she gets frustrated because everyone is so competitive and you're just you're like the harmonizer right and you're trying to like I'm too cooperative yeah 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 and, and, and it, it, it's been so funny just to kind of hear and and I, I remember you know you guys and, and there's that bit where you're like why why does this sound like my life you know and it, <laughs> and I was like yeah there's a story there <laughs> Uh, Leah, how about you? I I loved like a lot of the past of all of us, uh-huh. especially when like we get um, Astrid, who was very loved and treasured and was the golden child, but still like you can see the problems there uh-huh. of having a pension. 
I'm really glad you picked up on the Golden Child reference. I mean, that was a very deliberate thing on my part, especially when I brought in Tycho. Um, so, you know, that, that, that's, that's a really cool thing for you to notice. Anything else? Uh, I enjoyed the reading. I, as did I, as did I, as did I. Like it, it gets me thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, it sounds like, uh, Katie, uh, and, and I know Sarah, you have some familiarity, like you guys, you, you maybe know a little bit about tarot readings and things like that. It sounded like a little bit. Yeah. Okay, enough to kind of get the general gist of stuff, because, I mean, you were talking about how, you know, it's a it's a cooperative reading between the person being read and the person doing the reading, like, and, and you know, yeah. I, I don't really read the cards or anything, but based on my understanding of my research, that's sort of the thing, too. And, uh, I mean, I love the dialogue once you guys kind of started having that with, um, with uh, Gideon, and even the whole that exchange when he was being chauvinistic and then Duan, you were like, you know, Oh, I'm, you know, you're not going to, you know, appeal to me with chauvinism. <laughs> and then Leah, you were like, Oh, now you, now we're beautiful. We're not like a bunch of hormonally overcharged people. And that was, it was just, it was just awesome. I love that. Duan, how, how about anything from your perspective? <clears throat> I think I liked um, the facts where we, uh, kind of got Gideon off uh, balance where he was all calling to be like this cackling villain who's like, I know more than you do. That was true. And that was such a Cassandra moment. I, I was like, whoa, it's turning into this whole thing. Like, oh my gosh. It was probably a mistake to do, but then that's what she would have done. There's becoming catchphrase. <laughs> little bit, little bit. Okay. And then Sarah, how you doing on sound? No, no, my favorite moment was when Tycho just shut Gideon down, like when Gideon like made, twice he made these comments, they were like very um, uh, chauvinistic, yeah. and, and Tycho just handled it so beautifully. Yeah, yes. was, I agree. Pretty freaking smooth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, that that's awesome. Um, Good move for the only male in a group of uh, it was, <laughs> Well, and, and, and you know, it's, it's interesting <laughs> because, I mean, as a GM, generally, um, the, you know, and, and it certainly has changed over the past, you know, year or so. But I mean, I'm used to having more guys than girls, yep. right? Or, or more men than women. So it's, it's, it's really cool to actually be, you know, with like everybody except for like two guys and there's only a single male player and i think that is fascinating so it's great okay so then just a couple comments right so let's talk about advancement so some of you either started to get a sense that you have more powers or um uh, more maybe advanced versions of your powers that you either are getting through a sense uh, of, you know, you can, you can tell more or you can detect more and, you know, you might be able to do more. Um, I think the twins, you were, you know, playing a little bit around with your, you know, shape-shifting abilities and, and blood of the shapeshifter and stuff like that. I know, Cassandra, you were starting to get little inklings about, a, you know, a sense of Trump, um, not necessarily for the others, and we'll see how that kind of goes. But then remember, it's all dependent on your prioritization in terms of what you actually selected, right? So um, just urge you to continue to experiment with it. Sometimes it's going to go your way. Sometimes it may not work at all. 
all, right? So don't be surprised sometimes. It's, it's going to be very much a, a gradual discovery process, but it's very much up to you guys to experiment and just kind of, you know, uh, trial and error, I think is the best way. Okay. Um, and, and another, um, another comment, just because something does not work doesn't necessarily mean you don't have the power or may not understand it. Another explanation is something else, another power, another individual, another whatever could be countering or adjusting the outcome, right? Now, obviously that's situation specific, but that's another potential reason, right? So again, just try stuff, see what happens. And, you know, if it, if it doesn't work perfectly, you know, it probably is never going to work perfectly until you actually fully buy out the power right. and also don't have bad stuff. Anyways, I'll say that. Okay, so th that's what I'm, I'm kind of kind of saying. Um, just as a reminder uh, about things to consider, because I think you guys, um, where we left off was sort of like, Gideon disappears in a Trump contact taking out Corwin and you guys of course are stuck at the tower mm -hmm. right and you know you don't necessarily have any real idea what to do next so I'm just going to remind you of some of the things that have happened either last game or previously okay so obviously um, places that you will know and have direct experience of and therefore have the possibility of returning to Shadow Earth, right? Most of you, with the exception of Sigrun, all were there, okay? Mm -hmm. So that happened, you would know that. And for Sigrun, uh, Vanaheim, right? So that is the shadow that you kind of originally seem to hail from, that kind of Valkyrie and, and you know Norse mythology type of thing with the Sword Mother. That is a real place. Uh, Tycho and Astrid... And um, obviously, um, uh, sorry, Sorrel, um, you have memories and impressions of places that are linked to memories of your parents, right? And maybe, Cassandra, you don't have a place, but you do have some impressions about your mother, like right? what she looks like. At least what she looks like and what you think that maybe on a psychic level that she may feel or sound like. Okay? So could you, can you move to what you feel somebody, like a person? That is for you to figure out. Okay. Okay. Um, and then, of course, um, uh, there's Alain, you know, so he is somebody that you did meet, except for Sigrun. Okay. Gideon is a person that you met. You met Corwin. And there is the Sword Mother, of course. Okay. The other place is obviously where you're in is, is the tower. And uh, Astrid, you actually have a trump of that tower which means you can form the connection. Let's say you go to another shadow or whatever and you call that trump up and you are able to, you know, concentrate on it. You would, in theory, be able to open a portal back to that tower. And let's not call it the Trump Tower, but maybe that's what we will call it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The Tower of Trump. The Dark Tower. The dark yeah, tower. there you go, the Dark Tower. And then, um, of course, uh, call it Corwin's tower. Yeah, sure. And <laughs> and and Searle, you also have the 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 card of the hanged man. Now you don't know if that's a place or a thing or a person, or maybe it's just a metaphor. But it is something that you wasn't do the have. hanged man um, our grandfather. Well, that's what you believe okay. now. And again, whether or not that translates into yeah. something, that, that's another question. And last of all, there is more knowledge that you guys had. You had the Trump reading, 
right? So that tarot reading that had all the different cards and the different orders and all the meanings, right? So just remember those as things to kind of think about um, as we kind of, uh, you know, continue. Okay, and with that, half an hour later, oh my gosh, um, <laughs> uh, let, let, let's continue. So you are left in the wake of Gideon's sudden use of a Trump contact. He clearly called out to another presence saying, I'm ready. And with that, putting his physical hand on Corwin, he seemed to trigger something which allowed him to pass through. Cassandra had a psychic link with him. Kind of. So does she sense who he was talking to? So I, I would say this. The psychic link was created when you guys all brought yes. him in. Right. You did not retain the psychic okay. link. Okay. So you wouldn't have, you know, you would have stepped out. You had normal conversations. That actual... I never said I stepped out, but that's okay. Uh, fair. I, I I mean, for all intents and purposes, like, I, I did not see the, the psychic contact continuing. And he wouldn't have allowed that, at least without fighting. Okay. Well, only if he determined that it was there. It, he he definitely knows okay. it was there. Yeah, you're, you're, I mean, it's it's not necessarily a subtle thing, and it was a big psychic battle. It's not like he's unaware. Yeah, okay? but he, she could have left something there subtly. But you had not specifically okay. mentioned that. Okay, maybe for the next time. Yeah. All right, so, so anyways, uh, so in answer to that, Cassandra, no, you do not have any specific sense of whom or what he was connected to, okay. only that a Trump connection was forged and he stepped through whatever opening that is and with that he disappears and it's not even really that uh spectacular like there's no massive flash of light or anything he just kind of steps through a portal and emerges into another place so when somebody uses a trump is there any kind of leftover effects that i can investigate to see if i can figure out where he went you can sense a very slight residual energy and it is fast disappearing of the Trump energy just beginning to dim. It would be almost like the equivalent, you know, when you turn off an incandescent light bulb, it has has this just slight little bit before it turns off all the way. That's basically what's happening right now. So, you know, if you're really quick about it, I want to be really quick about it. Okay. So, your knowledge of the Trump is insufficient okay. to be able to make that determination. But do I get anything out of it? A definite portal was open to another place. But I can't determine where. You cannot determine where and you cannot detem- determine with who. It's possible do if I you... get a sight of anything? No sight. No. Yeah. All, all you get is just the realization that the, the, the effect of the Trump power basically is closed off. Now, what you do get is a very, very slight taste. It's like, so think about if you were to bite into a cookie, Mm -hmm. right? But you were only only able to taste like, I don't know, 5% of the cookie, right? So you might get a little bit of starch and a little bit of sugar, but you don't get the rest of the complexity. Okay. So there is that's a- very disappointing, Alpha. 
<laughs> what, only getting 5% of the taste of the cookie? <laughs> Unless it's a raisin, oatmeal raisin cookie where you're expecting chocolate chip, that would be fine. But Yeah. yeah okay. I'm, I'm sorry. My kids were just baking cookies, so that's oh, where that, that kind of came from. But my point is, you Awkward. know, 5% or even less, or maybe it was an ice cream taco. I mean, who knows? But But my point is, is that maybe in another time, if you were to get another bite of the cookie slash ice cream taco, you would, oh, you might recognize it, okay. right? So there, there are some ingredients there that you can sort of, you know, have, you have a taste of, right. but, you know, you can't identify the full okay. thing. Okay? That's fine. All right. So you guys are in the tower. So, can I ask a quick clarification question? Absolutely. Uh, let's say that we all wanted to go back to Shadow Earth. Would we be able to take Sigrun with us, even though she had never been? Well. Or my, is that something that we will have to My out? My question to you is, how do you return to Shadow Earth? Well, we're going to have to walk. Do shadow walking. Good point. Okay. So don't we all have this. basic knowledge of shadow walking because we walk the pattern? Because you walk the pattern... You do have an inherent sense that you have the ability to walk to or between other shadows. Now, how you do that exactly, you have some hints from the pattern walk itself when you were sort of, you know, bringing in different elements of essentially your thoughts or your desires. Um, those were able to influence what happened with reality. And you surmise that walking in shadow the use of the pattern is likely similar now since you actually have not done it per se you don't know now would we know that we can bring others with us when we shadow walk or is that something we would not be aware of you do not know for sure okay but by almost reverse inference so astrid was able to remove someone from shadow so and we saw gideon take Corwin, so... That wasn't through Shadow, though. Oh, right. That was through Trump. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so if, if it is possible one way, it is likely possible the other way. Okay. Um, so, I think we need to find one of our parents or one of our aunts and uncles to get more information. So whether we go to Shadow Earth and try to find Aunt, what's her name? Aunt Floramel. 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 Or maybe I can use my knowledge of my mother, Fiona, to see if we can find her. But I think we need to find somebody who can tell us more and can help us out. Yeah, I remember. Let us go then to Sword Mother. She has answers that she owes me. That might be best. Uh, yeah, because we don't know what her involvement was our is. Captor, yes, and Fiona, Fiona put me into captivity, and she's supposedly my mother. <laughs> <laughs> now, just just as a statement, so Sigrin, I know that you are very clear in your conviction and understanding about the Sword Mother, which is great, but. I don't know to the extent that you have explained where you come from and who the Sword Mother is to the others. So that's just something I put out there to the others. Do you guys even know or have an understanding? Who of what is she's... this Sword Mother, Sigrun? 
she raised me, she trained me, she she taught me to be as a, a warrior, as a Valkyrie. I know everything that I know through her. But can she She's be trusted? She's the only one who can best me. <clears throat> can she be trusted? How do we know what her role in all of this is? I trust no one anymore. <laughs> I'm with you on that. <laughs> I think it makes a difference how you might have gotten there. Like, did Sword Mother rescue you? Or is she just another captor? Wise <sighs> question, Sorrel. This I do not know, so I feel she owes me an answer one way or another. Yeah. If you're with me in you. this, then the other is an alternative. All I know is that she raised me, I have fond memories of her, like you all seem to have with your captors, and that when the time came that I was thrust no upon your memories. group, uh, <laughs> that uh, there was some discussion that happened about must she come to you? Oh, okay, I see. And then she sent me through. Let me just be clear. I don't necessarily like Aunt Flora. <laughs> <laughs> Did I have I, any I fond memories? Met her and I don't, I don't like her already. And I don't, I don't remember how, unlike some of you, I don't remember how I was separated from my father. All the memories I have of him are happy. But, you know, if she's the only one who can best you, Sigrun, the sword mother, maybe we should go together. Maybe we will be strong enough, united, to stand against her if she proves to be a traitor. And, and I will say one more thing based on, you know, everyone who was at Aunt Flora's, uh, you know, palace or mansion or residence on Shadow Earth. You did not actually meet her, right? But we have met her. We think we've met her in the past, right? Or that's part of our fake memories. It could be. All I'm saying is that in your most recent direct memory, the things that you can directly recall, as opposed to a flashback from the past, and I would even say the flashbacks from the past never revealed who Flora was, so are you saying that we actually don't have strong memories of her? You do not have strong memories of her. Okay. But what you do have is an immediate memory of her mansion. Uh, everyone except for Sigrun, uh, you know, does have that. And for my mother, I have a strong memory of her, what she looks like, or just a psychic image of her. It's more of a memory and a psychic impression you have a pretty strong sense from your memory of the time when she was trying to basically break through your psychic defenses and called for the assistance of a brother. And so that gives you, especially a person as psychically gifted as you, a strong impression, whether it is enough to help you navigate to another place is another question. Right. Okay. It sounds to me that this Aunt Flora going to her mansion seems like it was just an opportunity to parade you all out, like as if you were caged animals on display for the auction. Do you really want to walk back into that trap? <laughs> Sorry, Duan, could you repeat? Oh, but fair. 
Yeah. I think we should find out more before we go back to our prison. But the question is, do we go... we know, we know Flora is not to be trusted. Yes. And so the question is, to whom do we go to get those answers? Do we go to the Sword Mother or do we go to Fiona? If you come to the Sword Mother, you must be prepared to fight or use your guile in surprising ways to best her. We together, I believe we can do it, should the need arise. My hope is that we won't need to. Well, you do know where the Sword Mother is, which is more than I can say for where Fiona is, so that might be the best choice to start. It might also be safer to go there than anywhere near Amber itself just yet. And we don't know how to get to Amber. We've never been. All I know is that when I had the sword, Grace Fondir, in my hand for the first time, I felt that I could go anywhere and that I wanted to go to Amber. But you were right. We had to go back. We had that blood vow with Corwin, but the pull was so strong. Now, if you look into this... I could have gone anywhere. And Amber called me. Now, if you look into the sword, can it help you transport wherever you want to go now? I do not know, but I can try. I don't know how this works. Let me draw it. (laughs) We should also remember that Gideon knows we have the sword. Mm. Another dangerous piece of information that he has. Uh, It's too bad we couldn't just... Anyway, so, so the, sword the sword rings out and it almost glides like on silk out of the scabbard. And there is this crystalline ring of the razor sharp edge vibrating as it slices through the air with so little resistance. And the perfection of that blade, you can feel the resonance tremble up and down the blade, going all the way into the hilt and vibrating into yourself, Sigrund. It is that keen. It is almost every inch of the blade is connected to you and you feel its utter perfection carved into it is the essence of a powerful primal force, the reflection or the inscription of the pattern. And that is interwoven, folded into the blade itself a hundred times, a thousand times over and over, that golden tracery of light and power as it thrums powerfully in your hand. What do you do? I grip the sword with both hands. Okay. And I say to everyone, follow me. And I concentrate on Sword Mother in Anaheim and where I most commonly saw her at the, at the, uh, at the hall. Can, so, Ast- I have no idea what's going on. Well, I have a little bit of an idea. Um, Astrid wants to try to kind of connect psychically with uh, Sigrun because she's afraid of getting left behind. 
<laughs> okay. Generally, psychic contact, unless maintained through another power like sorcery or some other connection, like a mm. trump contact, has to be maintained through physical touch. Okay, I'll. I'll um, are you wearing a cloak or something, Supergirl? Uh, yeah, I have a cloak. Yep. It's like at daycare. Yeah, we have to all hold hands. <laughs> 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 okay, so I'll look both ways before we cross the street. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, Sigrun, Sigrun, um, yep. you're you're doing this within the tower itself. Am I correct? Uh, wherever we happen to be standing, yes. Okay. So we have not left the tower. Uh, well, I, I haven't necessarily said that. Okay, so Astrid, you are holding on to her piece of clothing. What about everyone else? What are you guys doing? Well, I would have tried to also psychically connect with her. Okay. Which requires touching, so I would have touched yeah. her. Yeah, and and I I mean you do have that power word, but that's that's an instantaneous yes. thing. It's not a permanent thing. So you're gonna also hold on to her. Yeah, I'd probably touch her shoulder. Okay, so you got two who are kind of holding on, and uh, what about the rest of you? Sorrel, Tycho. I think I'm doing the same thing. I'm I'm gonna touch. <laughs> Um, this game is just everyone always touches each other. <laughs> You're making psychic stuff touch a touch thing, so yes. No hugs. And and, and Searle, you too? Yep. Okay. So, you know, she kinda says that and for a second, um Sigrun. Grace Wendir in your hand seems to slice through the air and it opens up the slightest rift in reality and you feel that where the wind was non-moving and stale within this protected tower, all of a sudden it's as if on the other edge of the air that you cut there is a slight movement of air and there's a slight whispering of winds that are howling in the background. And the more you concentrate, the more that sense broadens and it's you're all standing in the middle of the tower, but it's almost like with the sword, she's sliced a slight opening and you would have to move in order to, you know, go a little bit further. Okay, so let's move. So Sigrun will take a step forward so that she can keep the momentum going. Okay. To, to keep up with this uh, transfer. Okay, as you do that, and all of you can feel this, it's almost like, and you can see the room start to go a little bit hazy on the side. And again, that blade slices through the air. And then you can see that the lighting itself in front of you is actually different. And it's almost like you have sliced through the air and it opens up and you can see this now vista. And it is actually, you think, on the outside of the tower, you can see on the horizon, there are dark clouds that are kind of gathering these strange colors 
purples and dark midnight blues and flashes of lightning everywhere around you. And all of a sudden, the scent of fresh air actually hits your nostrils and you can feel the dryness of the rocks and the air kind of enter in. And I mean, you can all of a sudden you get this, this actual breeze and then, you know, you move forward with those, you know, one step, two step, three steps, and you're actually outside or the other way to view it is as you are walking in space, it's like space is moving around you. And just in this moment of time, you've managed to kind of move or maybe the universe has moved around you. Whether which one of it uh, that you are actually doing is probably a question for philosophy and metaphysics. But the fact is, is you're able to shift your reality from one place to the other and you take that step and you find yourselves outside of the tower what do you do are we literally just outside of the tower or did we go somewhere else you think you are outside of the tower in fact uh all of you hear um the clanking of machinery and gears that are beginning to kind of um rise up and rotate and activate and you hear the decoupling of metal upon metal um, basically extending and expanding and you hear this noise and these kind of steps tremble along the ground and it's coming from around the edge of the tower it's like you see but maybe have stepped through the the back or the rear of the tower. And again, right in front of you, Sigrun, your blade has sliced through a little bit of that reality, but it's it's needing more of your focus to determine what happens next. But at least in this immediate space that you have come into, you can hear the wind around you, the flash of lightning, and then these steps that are coming to basically around the eastern edge of the tower to your right. It's not quite in, in your vision. So, what do you guys do? I I, I um, use my bind rune, uh, Sinarangir, the boost of luck, and I concentrate even more. I picture myself being sitting at the table with Sword Mother, uh, having a sharing a sharing a meal, and all the people that I'm with currently uh, seated around us. Okay. Your blade further slices through and you can feel yourself starting to move. Now, the rest of you, especially Cassandra, you get this impression actually of you starting to, you're walking forward and you can see that the, the sort of the, 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 area immediately around you, this kind of gray stone rocky area is actually, you know, you kind of move forward and there's like mountains and rock to either side and slightly behind you and you can now see it almost as a very hazy impression. Remember that Trump-based construct, this sort of mm-hmm. robot creature yeah. or whatever that was animated that with the killed. Trump and it, yeah. Yeah, that you killed or disabled yeah. or whatever it is? You actually see it rise up onto its sort of arachnid-like legs and begin kind of walking towards you. But even as um, Sigrun, you are kind of forcing your way through and slicing through the reality, it is 
going further away and it's almost like it's kind of getting up and Cassandra for whatever reason you actually sense like a little bit of a thread of a connection to it um to me or to to you exactly Interesting. So, what, sorry, did you say that the sense of reality that I'm aiming for is getting further away? No, no. The so where we were, is you are moving away, away from okay. the Trump Tower area where yep. the construct is. So the distance now, where you know, is is where before it was probably right there in the same space. Mm-hmm. As soon as Sigrun kind of sliced through reality and moved to some place other. Then you you've moved physically away from that construct. There's some kind construct. of link between me and yes. the construct. And so f- I want to follow that link and see what kind of link okay. it is. Now it is okay. Sigrin, are, are you still pushing? And, and what what are you pushing for? It's still that kind of table vision. Uh, yes, yes. I, and I I don't know what Cassandra's experience is, so I would have no reason to change my course. Okay, um, and you step. Uh, on onto basically a path and it's sort of a, a canyon in between the black rocks that kind of rise off to the side and you're moving forward and with each step you seem to make even further pace and then all of a sudden the flash of thunder and lightning where once it was on the horizon now looms directly above you and there is this massive swirling um you know cumulonimbus thundercloud that is roiling and gathering in space and that connection is so far off now and i mean you still have it and it's like like a fishing line that thin that you can kind of reach out and you do seem to make a connection with the construct but it's so quiet it's so faint and so far away but you've made the connection okay so what is its purpose what kind of connection is it the connection flares in your mind and solidifies but again it's so far away now i'm going to ask everyone other than sigrun and cassandra is there anything you guys are doing in terms of, are you just going along for wherever Sigrun is taking you, or are you trying to impact where and what you are doing? I uh, am lending whatever like psychic energy I can to Sigrun, and I'm just thinking Sword Mother, kind of like a mantra because I don't know anything okay. really about her. That's that's pretty cool. Like it's sort of this like meditative thing that actually you know weaves exactly. some kind of words and thinking. Sorrel, how about you? I'm doing something of the same thing, like thinking about the cold and the sensations that I got from her memory when we were all in powder together, which I don't think is quite the same place, but okay. And Tycho. Uh, again, I'm doing something similar where I, in the sense that I think I don't know anything about this sword mother or anything like that, but I'm trying to give basically positive vibes and like reinforcements to whatever uh, Sigrun is trying to do. Okay. So you reach out, Cassandra, and you can sense the slightest stirrings of consciousness animal or machine brain 
starting to kind of turn on and the lights begin flicker and it's almost by the contact that you're making is almost like a jolt of electricity that is increasing its power and all of a sudden it seems to move faster you can feel the little bits of its you know brain or programming or electronics and you know the motherboard is starting to flash on and off and it's raising up and up and up and then you can feel this recognition of this construct and you know it's electric or electronic eyes beginning to kind of gaze off in your direction and you you know you're about to make that that psychic contact and all of a sudden this massive lightning bolt explodes across the sky and wham the bolt of lightning actually penetrates and is attracted into Sorrel. And Sorrel, your body grounds the lightning bolt, which, you know, slams into the ground. The rest of you who are connected to her, you know, you also get this jolt of energy. And at that last minute, you can feel the line of your consciousness, Cassandra, just stretch out further and further. And it's almost now like you are on like a one molecule thin thing. And it's so far away. Sigrin, you slice through reality and all around you, you are now almost like walking on this precipice. And it is no longer like you're surrounded by uh, like a valley upon which sides are kind of, you know, rocky face where it's actually kind of safe and secure and within a physical space. It's rather the reverse. And every step you take and you feel bolstered with the energy that your companions are giving you, you now feel like you're on more of a ledge or a precipice. And you're walking on this intensely... Um, uh, what's the word? Um, narrow precipice that's actually hugging the side of this dark crag. And right in front of you, there is like this massive wall of a swirling storm. And again, the lightning flares out and crashes into the side of the wall and it begins crumbling down and you can all feel and see the beginnings of the rock slide begin to come towards the area. Sigrun, you definitely feel this. All of you, you actually see this. But Cassandra, your focus is still on this, this microcosm okay, yeah, connection. So I really just want to know, is this construct now attached to me? Like, will it do what I have tell it to do, or is it still have bad intentions? You have two options. You can send your consciousness back to where the construct is and lose your connection with Sigrun, or you can maintain your connection with Sigrun and you can um, and and you would lose the connection with the construct. What do you do? Can I pull the construct further into where we are? Is that your choice? That wasn't one of the options. That isn't one me. of the options. That, 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 that's true. So you, you you could actually try to do that. Is that what yes. you, that's what you want to that's do? What I would like okay. To. So as that happens, the rocks come crumbling down. And I mean, the, the, you're only on a pathway, Sigrun, that is like only about a meter wide. That's how it is. And then you're looking out into, you know, beyond the clouds, but you can't really see beyond it. And then the rocks begin to fall. What do you do? Can I imagine that the 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 path is much wider, and, and what we're really seeing fall is just a little light uh, rainfall, 
uh, and the path is clear ahead of us. Okay. So as you do that, and as you kind of imagine that space, you do see basically the tracering, like just beyond this one area, if you take a little bit of a leap and a jump, wham, the rocks kind of crumble into the side of it. Um, Astrid, sorry, not Astrid, um, uh, Sorrel, um, your leg kind of twists a little bit under a pebble and you start falling off of the side of the cliff. Um, and although in front you've managed to kind of secure a pathway that does widen out. And again, the lightning streaks out. Now, Cassandra, explain to me exactly what you were trying to do. You were trying okay, to so pull. I'm trying to pull it towards me. So, so what I want to do is thicken the strand so that mm-hmm. it gets pulled towards okay, me. Okay, you shoot it in that direction, but then you feel your attachment and your connection to this group start to diminish and start to separate. Lightning flashes. I'm going to do it. I'm going to pull it. You're going to pull it? Okay. You reach and you pull and then... Um, sorry, Sigrun, um, you step onto the, the, you know, the major part of, of, of this, you know, uh, wider kind of path. And then the strand, just before you can see the eyes make contact with you, Cassandra, it snaps. And you no longer have access to it. But no, I wanted to, I was I... going to break it with Sigrun, not with, oh, with the thing. Oh, you're deliberately trying yeah. to break with Sigrun. Well, no, oh. if I was going to choose the, the construct over secret okay so okay. i want the opposite effect okay so um fine you see your companions start to uh walk in in fact you've lost physical contact mm-hmm. with sigrun and you're mm-hmm. no longer actually holding on to her and you can see them begin to almost start to phase out of existence like stepping into like a dimensional portal right. they're just ghosts and shadows and hazes but then instantly as you do that you get that slight you know the communication back with with the with the construct and yes it all of a sudden does respond to you and you get that sense you know saying what what is your command mistress take me to fiona fiona and i give him an image of my mother i am sorry mistress i do not know fiona I have been created for this place. You contact me from so far away. I can only sense you over great distances. Now, your companions are gone. Yes. They're not gone. You could still reach them, but you have to drop this contact. Is it not with me? It is not with you. Now, now, this is not physical distance. Like, you're not there. Okay. It's more like the psychic connection. Like, think of it as, as a telephone line. Right. You've made a connection with something which is shadows away. Okay. Right? And you are now in an intermediary shadow from where everyone else okay. is. And so can is... It, can I ask it, can you follow me? I can speak with you, mistress. I... Do not, I am tethered to this place. Okay. So you cannot travel. Flash of lightning, rocks, almost an earthquake is actually starting to tremble on the ground. And then you feel the, the, the connection with 
this construct begin to fade slightly, you could strengthen the connection. But if you do so, you will absolutely lose what opportunity you have to regain okay. your connection with the others. What do you do? Um, I will contact you and then I follow Sigrun. Okay. At the last minute, you step into that hazy portal and you feel yourself kind of tugged along, almost like your volition allows you to expand the space in which reality, the, this bubble, mm -hmm. is sort of moving. Okay, so Sigrun, you are extending the path and you've managed to do exactly what you were hoping, which is to create a safer, broader space. However, beside the edge of the mountain, the, 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 the storm continues to rage. Um, Sorrel, you are recovering from the electrocution from the lightning strike, but it still smarts and it still hurts. And those of you who did feel even, you know, a slight portion of that, you're still also recovering from that, that shock. However, um, Sigrun, you're beginning to tire. You don't know why, even though your strength and your will is significantly buoyed up by the power of the sword slicing through reality, slicing through shadows, this work is taxing for you. And in fact, as you step the rest of you, you feel Sigrun's steps begin to falter. Not only are they becoming less uh, sure, less confident, she actually stumbles and kind of trips for a second, and she needs to lean on the side of the pathway in order to regain that strength. And you can see beads of sweat um, starting to collect on her warrior's brow. And um, Sigrun, it is, it is getting difficult for you to move. You are becoming extremely tired. I try to. I call out uh, in frustration, sword mother, like as as if to invite her to come and help me somehow and, and take take us the rest of the way. Any anybody else? Can I put, can I, I put an arm under under Sigrun's yeah. to help her to basically um, help to anchor her. All right, to, to anchor physically support her. Okay. I am yeah. going to give. Uh, merge my psychic strength with hers okay so that she can at least have the mental strength so Sigrun and okay go, go ahead go ahead Astrid would like to use one of her um power words oh nice and she'll say beast mode <laughs> and, and as that word of power kind of courses throughout the psychic connection from Cassandra, the physical anchoring support from Tycho. Anything from you, Sorrel? Yeah, I think Sorrel took a minute because she's still a little bit uh, smarting. But she, I think she's going to slip around uh, Sigrun's other side. Uh-huh. And support her that way at the same. Okay, so uh, you kind of doing? you kind of flank on both sides, and, and it's about physical support and just kind of giving her that that thing. Okay, so you kind of hunch together, and as the power word of the beast mode kind of you know fills you, Sigrun, you cry out into the chasm, and you can hear it, sword, mother, 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 and it like echoes. And as you do that, 
another kind of flash of lightning. And Cassandra, your cheek is actually struck with, you know, a shard of like razor sharp kind of rock or obsidian glass or something like that. And um, Astrid, not sorry, not Astrid, uh, Sorrel, you're actually showered with this stuff as well. Um, and Tycho, you seem to have stepped to just the right area where the, the you know, the, the, the stones are not going to fall. And as you do that, um, you kind of all move together as a group. Now, um, you're still holding the sword and the blade in front of you, Sigrun, but every step, it's like moving through molasses. And it's like every ounce of your strength is pushing through snow that is getting, you know, um, heavier and heavier. And in fact, as that happens, you feel the cold, brisk, icy Arctic wind begin to whistle in. And no longer is it sort of storm and lightning and thunder, but whistling, freezing, icy cold, and you can feel it start to uh, appear everywhere. And you are now marching into an Arctic storm of terrible proportions. But you can see that the mountainsides, once sort of this black obsidian, are now starting to be crested with snow caps. And, you know, there are edges of ice and you can feel, you know, the wind just blowing into all of you, especially you, Sorrel. You are at the forefront and just the position that you put yourself in. Um, although it shelters Tycho and it shelters Sigrun, you're bearing the full brunt of the icy, um, you know, sharp winds that slam into your face and start to freeze you to the bone. But Sigrun, you have emerged into a different place, a different reality, one which is closer now to the snow-capped fjords where you once called home. You're not there yet, but you are in transition. What do you do? I um, press on. Okay. Bit by bit, and now each step that you take, and now you're actually starting to move through. And so remember in Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit or whatever, when they're going over the mountain and all that snow is being flung mm -hmm. at them, and they're trying to kind of go through... Picture a very similar thing. So now there's active snow and ice and hail. And again, the lightning bolt crashes into the side. You're still on, you know, a, a decent um, area within, within this overpass. And then as you kind of work through, there is a little bit of a clearing. But Sigrun, you're so tired and it's almost like you don't even know if you could take, you know, maybe five more steps. It feels like you're walking the pattern all over again and working through that physical ordeal. Astrid and Cassandra, your psychic connections to her, you are starting to feel this fatigue as well, just echoing and emanating through her. But... Before you, there's a little bit of a break in the storm, and you think you see a wisp of smoke rise up from a valley that is further within, but it's all obscured by the frost and the hail and the snow. But in moments where the storm breaks, you think you can see one, two, maybe three 
plumes of smoke, black smoke, begin to twist and whine throughout the air. But that is in this place. And it's in your immediate physical area, or at least this shadow that you are in now. If you want to continue to press on, Sigrund, it is going to start taking from you. That's how exhausted you are. It shouldn't Mm. be this difficult. You don't know why moving in this direction. Like, you know you're going in the right direction. You can feel that connection. You can see the... The, the, the surroundings around you start to echo and mimic the areas where you have come through. But it takes so much effort and physical concentration just to maintain that focus that you're starting to lose it as the wind and the chill starts to set into your bones itself. What do you Sigrun want to do? will uh, recognize that she is um, probably more used to this weather than the others. Okay. Uh, and uh, also recognize that she's getting their support uh, and conclude, um, as a general would, that this may not be the time to press forward. Uh, and she'll instead uh, head towards the, uh, the source of the smoke. And in fact, with your decision to not press forward and to not continue the path forging through shadows. It's almost with that very decision, the wind seems to back off just a slight tad. And the storm and the hail and the frost begins to subside a little bit. And you can see in a fjord, in a valley, in a pathway that leads treacherously downwards from this mountain path, you can see a slight trail that leads below. And if you stay at least in this shadow and in this place, you should be able to, with your skills and ability, navigate through. And it's not too far away. And every step takes you closer. And you're probably within one to two miles of whatever is kind of smoking and hurling below. But now carried on the wind, you can hear almost like the wind itself is carrying these voices. What are they saying? There are shouts of panic and there are shouts of rallying and warriors or villagers or townspeople trying desperately to run to places of safety. And Mm. they are screaming, the Jotun, the Jotun are coming. And all of you now within this valley, the space that you have emerged, you can hear these bells begin to ring. Bong, bong, bong. And you can feel, you know, that the, the shaking of the, this, this, the sound, the acoustics that are kind of flowing in your direction, these warning bells that are coming from a village that is somewhere within the heart of this, of this fjord in this valley. It's starting to kind of rumble the snow and the ice all around you it's definitely an avalanche risk and all of a sudden then you see these massive gigantic 
gigantic creatures. You see one, then two, then three. Their skin an icy stone blue, and in their hands some form of stone or club or a blade that seems fashioned from ice. And as they step, the ground trembles beneath you, and you can see the village or the town, and it does seem to be some sort of armored garrison, but these giants, these Jotun, are beginning to encroach upon the entire area, and you can feel, you can see all of these villagers, some of them warriors, others, you know, non-combatants, trying to run back to the safety and the shelter of this actual stronghold. But the giants step quickly towards their position, and with every step, are they in front of us or behind us? In front. And how many of them are there? You can see three right now. And in fact, the closer you get, you can see also trailing behind the giants on a path that kind of leads away. There seems to be some sort of army or at least a gathered force of smaller, normal-sized humanoids that are moving almost like a pack or like a horde trailing behind the, the, the three giants. But the giants are definitely taking larger steps and they're moving towards, um, you know, this sort of uh, so fortification. So the humanoid forms, the small-sized ones, they seem to be with the giants? They're moving in the same directions, and it's almost like the giants are leading the action, and following behind them is like a horde of, looks like men. And how, how many of them are there? Hundreds. Hundreds? Hundreds. Huh, I do not like this. Men that would side with giants? Huh. It's <laughs> difficult to be fair this, to... This is, this is just wrong. This is just wrong. And you can hear the cries for help, the cries of panic, and you can hear some warriors saying, you know, stand fast, we will fight them. But those voices are so few and far between compared to the rest of the citizenry who are just screaming in panic. You hear children, you hear, um, you know, villagers, older uh, people and there are so few warriors at the ready you do see mm -hmm. one bolt of like a fiery arrow that arcs out from one of the 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 command towers and it kind of flies over and it arcs and it sticks into one of the giants and the giant just kind of doesn't even seem to register as they kind of you know go forward now you guys are probably about half a mile away but with your speed and endurance, with maybe the exception of Sigrun, because you're bone tired, you might be able to get there fairly quickly if you quicken the pace. Um, but again, these villagers, these townspeople, they're definitely about to be attacked by the giants, who are really basically hundreds of meters away from the wall of the stronghold. What okay, do you so do? What type of distance can, like, if I do sleep, would that affect them from this distance? Uh, sleep, what do you mean? Like my a power spell? Word. My power word. Oh, uh, your power word. Yeah, it's, yeah, it has to be much more within earshot. Okay. You're way too far away. Okay. You have That's to kind of be show. very, very close. Okay. All right. So, so even if Sigrun were to shout, would anyone hear her? Like the villagers? You can try, but you are about half a mile away. So it's unlikely without some sort of projection or some sort of magical uh, effect that um, you would be able to project your voice that way. She would uh, have a horn 
Ah, I believe. Okay. Yes. That's cool. And she would uh, blow into the horn uh, as a signal to say that help is coming and to, to rally the troops. And that clarion call echoes throughout the the valley. And I mean, with that, there is, you sense the energies beginning to turn. You can see one of the giants definitely turn his blue ice eyes towards your direction. And you can almost see these eyes glint from that distance, glowing this kind of ice white uh, you know, intensity. And you can see it actually shift its direction and it is starting to move not towards the village, but actually in your direction where you sound the horn. With that, you can hear and you can sense all of you from your tactical awareness, your, you know, your understanding of warfare. You do get a sense of the energies and the flows of the battle beginning to shift and change. And that very horn has definitely introduced a new element, which is now changing what is happening on the battlefield below. Okay. So that was specifically, sorry, I, I need to get. Sigrun, do these giants block our path? Uh, we must rest before we can get there. Something is wrong with the pattern that we cannot get through. We're closer than we were, but something stops us from going the rest of the way. This may be a place to rest. With our power, we should be able to take them. Rest? You're not going soft on us now, are you, Sigrun? No, and don't you say it. Uh, a playful wink. <laughs> so although your body wants to kind of respond in kind with a sense of humor, all you're able to muster, Sigrun, is just the slightest curvature of a smile. It, is, it has <laughs> taken that much out of you. Uh, the others, wow. you definitely have the ability to, if you want to go into a full run to kind of close the distance you can, but Sigrun, you're going to have to rest like physically before you can actually become effective physically again. That is how bone tired you are. Okay. Unless other people oh. have the ability to heal her or introduce some sort of, you know, jolt of energy that might help in some way. Sorry, uh, Astrid, I, I, I interjected. That's okay. Um, Astrid can definitely use a power word on Sigrun. <clears throat> but first she wants to say, Tycho, remember yes. when we were children and you couldn't keep up with me? I don't. <laughs> How about a wager? Let's see which one of us can take down a giant first. You're on. You're on. Okay. So, um, but before Astrid will go leaping off or anything, she will um, I'll look to Sigrun and say, uh, "You know, you've done well to get us this far. Feel better." She'll use another power word. Okay. That flows over you, and it gives you just a jolt of kind of adrenaline and shock to your system. And it's almost actually by you know 
walking into uh, you know a wintry blast of air. It's kind of refreshing and reinvigorating, and that gives you just enough to be able to kind of continue. So you don't have to kind of sit down or whatever. You could probably walk or even jog lightly. It's not going to be a full-on sprint that's going to tire you, but you think you have enough now to actually be effective and start to move. Probably by the time you get to the battlefield, you may have regained your full strength. Excellent. I'll uh, jog forward then. Okay. Um, Sorrel, what are you doing? Sorrel is definitely going to take off toward the giants and shift into her battle form on the way. Ooh, very, very nice. Okay. And Cassandra, what are you doing? Um, I want to get close enough that I can use a power word. And ideally, I want to do a psychic link with one of the giants and have it attack one of its compatriots. Nice. Okay. Um, so our, now, um, all this would mean essentially leaving Sigrun behind. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. All right. So you all kind of... She's okay, right? She's just tired? Uh, she is tired. And uh, Astrid has given her a little bit of a flash of, of uh, you know, um, basically kind of a boost. Okay. So, um, so Sorrel, you are actually the first out of the gate and you kind of transform into your combat form. And remind me, the combat form is not a full-on snake. It's sort of a snake humanoid. Is that correct? Yes, very scaled and probably fanged and clawed. Yeah, and in fact, I mean, that does kind of help you. Uh, it gives you a little bit of extra traction on the ice and the snow, and you're able to actually keep on it. The tail that kind of, you know, lags behind you almost gives you a better sense of balance, and you're actually moving very quickly. So, in fact, I would say, Sorrel, you're actually ahead of Astrid, uh, who is ahead of Tycho. So, Tycho, you're actually, uh, you know, falling behind in, in this particular uh you know race as you kind of move forward now that one and um sorry sigrun are you still continuing to blow the horn yes okay so uh, you kind of stopped your activity you're just kind of conserving your energy a little bit and then the horn continues to echo throughout the valley as you see the rest of your companions companions charge forward okay so um Sorrel, the first giant is lumbering in your direction and he takes some sort of like stone and basically picks it up and chucks it in your direction. Um, you actually manage to leap to the side. Um, and, uh, but you actually, it slows you down a little bit because you have to kind of, you know, uh, leap over. And then with that, Astrid kind of, you know, takes the forefront in her position and you're kind of tied with your brother um, and, and so you're kind of moving in that direction. Okay, so you've managed to kind of dodge that thing and the giant now looms high. This thing is... 20, 25, 30 feet is a, it is a monstrosity. It's absolutely huge. And you can hear it crash before you. Now, as you look upon the scene and you can see now clearly the village, there are bits within the town that are starting to burn. And these are the, you know, the, the, the plumes of smoke that are rising up, but you can see Far beyond, maybe another 500,000 meters. Um, sorry, that's probably too long. Maybe 500 meters. Yeah, like half, half a mile type of thing. Um, there is some sort of wave of, um, 
slower moving humanoids that seem to be shuffling um, towards the village area. But right immediately in front of you is the giant. Okay, so Astrid, um, your strength basically propels you forward and even faster than Sorrel, even though she got that head start because she had to kind of dodge the other one. You're taken on ahead and you are now within striking distance of the the giant and you're definitely going to beat Tycho, but not by much. It's a couple of seconds at best. So the giant's foot comes towards you. It raises up its weapon. It growls a challenge as the eyes flash. What do you do? Okay. Uh, before I answer that question, can I ask Sorrel, like in your battle form, how large are you? I'm just curious. Uh, so let me answer that. Um, okay. In her... Yes. So um, with standard shape-shifting, you can't really grow beyond your normal size, right? So you do grow slightly larger, more bulky, more muscular, more efficient, okay? And that definitely gives you benefits in terms of speed and stamina and all that stuff, but you're not like a giant version of yourself, okay? okay? So You don't become like a kaiju monster. yeah no 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 it's not it's not kaiju <laughs> it's it, yeah it's like you have to conserve the you know, the law of conservation of mass that still applies okay um so astrid it, so the giant's foot is coming down towards her uh sure and i mean you could easily move through it or around it that type of thing i i mean it's not it's a pretty slow moving creature i mean if it did connect with you it probably would hurt um, but I mean, you know, your abilities and your skills allow you to kind of pick your target. So it depends on what you want to do. So Astrid will just wants to run kind of underneath. Uh, so I'm going to run underneath the giant's legs. Okay. I'm going to do a quick pivot, um, gain my momentum and jump. And I'm going to, uh, do a kick and I'm going to try to get a kick in the giant's kneecaps, which will hopefully, uh, be enough force to injure him and force him or it down onto its knees. Okay. As that happens, you kind of leap up and it's like you take this massive jump and, you know, you kind of do this rotation through the air as you spin and you hit it right below the patella and then you can feel the giant go, ooh, and it takes this big stumble forward and it actually begins to topple down onto one knee. It's coming down. Now, Tycho, you're kind of directly in its path. And in fact, your sister is even more directly in its path. What do you do? Alright, so I am also changing into um, battle form. Yep. So as it starts to fall towards me, yep. I um, I leap into the air. Okay. Um, and basically with like both my hands um, you know, connected, I'm just doing like a massive, you know, punch or fist kind of thing. Yep. Um and to, to knock it away from where we are, like, so that it's not going to fall directly onto us. Okay. So, you know, both fists um, and your armored form with sort of these serrated bladed edges kind of crash and break through like almost the stone skin of this, you know, this ice creature. Now, 
just from a physics perspective, as strong as you are, because you're jumping through the air, you don't have really leverage against the ground. So you are doing, you know, definite damage to the creature and you hear it again groan out in pain and its head kind of snaps to the side, but you don't have the leverage to actually shift the bulk of the creature and then it falls down further. It's going on to another knee and then you feel it begin to topple almost entirely and then then, uh, Sorrel, uh, you're basically right there. What do you want to do? I think that uh, Taiko kind of has this. Okay. So I'm going to try and scoop past the creature and maybe take a pot shot at it with my sword. But my goal is the shaman creature is behind all of this. Okay, great. Now, there are two other giants that would come first. Do you want to target any of those or move towards any uh, any of that? Yeah, probably, because I think they would try for me as okay. I go through. And the first giant slams into the ground and either this explosion of snow on both sides. And again, you know, it narrowly kind of misses you as you kind of slash it with your blade, you know, drawing this line of blood through it as you kind of, you know, continue to run up the side. And again, that ankle that twisted a little bit under you when you were over, again, one of these steps, it was just a misstep and you just kind of stumble off to the side. And I mean, it, it, you have to kind of pause for a second just to kind of begin again, but you get started. Now, Cassandra, yes. you are now within visual sight of this creature. Okay, so there's two that are still standing, right? Uh, you are within visual sight and auditory sight of the one which has fallen. The other two are definitely standing, but they're actually moving more towards the village. I want to get the, I wanted to get in close enough to the ones that are still going towards the building. Okay, so you're going to ignore the one that's directly in front well, of you. Yeah, it seems to be taken care okay, of. Okay, that's fine. Okay, so you continue running. You're going to have to run a little bit further yeah, to be you know, over there. Okay, Sigrun, you think the wind is starting to come back into you as you start, you start um, you know, cease blowing on the horn, uh, unless you want to continue blowing on the horn. What do you do at this point? Uh, I'd like to uh, engage in the battle. I mean, this is what I was born for, so... Um... I would charge towards the nearest giant and let out a great war cry. Okay, perfect. <laughs> um, so um, you do that and you basically charge onto the giant who kind of, uh, you know, lies prone and you can see its eyes kind of looking up to yours as you bring the blade and, you know, you can basically strike anywhere on its head or its body that you want to. How do you kill this creature? If oh, it, I would if, probably take the sword two-handed, uh, come up, step on its forehead, uh, and then just thrust the blade right down through one of its eyes. Okay, yeah. And it, it just penetrates in, and you can kind of see the eye blink with that kind of ice blue as the blade just carves almost effortly, you know, right through the retina and plunges into. And then the body of this creature begins to spasm and shake. You would draw Grace One Deer with this fluid motion of the, the liquid coming from the eye as you pull it out. And that kind of gushes everywhere kind of around you. Um, but you've definitely struck a very significant blow, if not fatal. All right. Now, um, so Astrid, Sorrel, you've moved past now. And again, there's sort of two sets of targets, right? There's the two giants that are moving towards the actual village itself. 
or there's this mass of humanity or humanoids or creatures or whatever that is kind of moving basically to the, let's say the east, right? And they're kind of streaming slowly and you can hear this almost moaning sound being carried on the wind as they're actually moving into this sort of chasm in this area. Uh, it depends on who you want to kind of go after, but the giants are clearly running at the fortifications of the village. I think I am going to take on one of the giants and I'm going to try and use my sword to stab one in the femoral or artery basin. <laughs> okay. And I, she's I, breaking out the uh, anatomy term. No, no, I, I, absolutely. Right. <laughs> and and um, so you kind of leap up, you know, miraculously through the air and you're propelled through your, your, your armored form and you're using your sword, not your claws, correct? Yes. Okay. And then, I mean, like a needle, it plunges surgically right into that point. And then, you know, the arterial blood begins gushing everywhere. And you can hear and feel the monster, this monster, the giant begin to shudder. And it slows and it turns its eyes towards you. It's like... And uh, it stops in its tracks. You have slowed it, but it's not enough to actually finish it off. I mean, the artery, it's gushing blood, but it's not going to die immediately, especially such a large creature. Um, next, Cassandra, you are now within visual uh, range of the same creature that has been wounded by Sorrel. Or you could go a little bit further and take on the third giant. I want to take on the third giant, but I'm going to change what it does. Okay. So when I do the psychic link with it, it's going to go after the humans. Ah, okay. That's cool. Because the other one seems to be taken. So I'm going to say you won't be able to be in range to do it um, this specific turn. Unless you were going to shift reality using pattern or something like that. Sure. I will shift reality to get close enough. Okay. And you, again... and, and. all of a sudden, like that effort, it it's almost like that the, the snow in front of you actually creates a little bit more of a friction surface where there's ice and jagged edges of the snow, which just helps propel you a little bit further and just gives you every step, you know, a couple feet more. And then you're within, you know, range that you could use your power word. You leech that out. It connects onto the, the, the giant, which was just about to hammer down on one of the towers. And then it stops and it turns towards you and you can see the eyes glint and look with you at recognition and it seems to be waiting for your command attack the and i i attack your allies okay and it kind of turns and begins walking towards you know the rest of the army okay astrid and Tycho, you guys are next okay so the giant we were um attacking was the one that sigrun killed that's correct so um, Astrid will shift her attention to help um, Sorrel okay. uh, with her giant, okay. seeing the other giant seems to be turning around. <laughs> okay, yeah, so that one definitely turns around. It's sort of not really paying attention to you. It's trying to attack, you know, Sorrel, who is this little gnat that's kind of stinging it. So you can basically strike wherever you want. Yeah, so I want to... Um, so she cut it, like, 
in its neck? Is that where the the artery is that you're? No, it's in about? the femur, right? I, I, yeah. I, oh. I thought I could reach. Uh. Yeah, she she <laughs> okay. she can't. She's really um. good, but she couldn't jump all the way up to the, the to the head. <laughs> So, Unless it starts um, to fall down. Astrid's going to try to, um, like, do another kind of leap uh-huh. and use her force and grab onto the giant's arm. Okay. And she's going to attempt to, like, flip it, kind of slam it down. Okay. So, again, same principle, right? If you jump into the air and you're basically trying to pull the giant's arm you're basically moving with its strength because you have no leverage to counter so if you were attacking the foot or something like that you might be able to shift it because you have leverage on the ground but if you're just going up into the air you can grab onto the arm and you can punch at the arm and do damage but you're not going to be able to throw it because you still need physics to to be at work for you understand (laughs) No, I don't understand physics in this game at all. <laughs> Fair will, enough. Um, Basically, I'll, you need I'll, to have connection with the ground in order sure, to exert right, leverage to against the, it. Otherwise, you're just going to do just straight damage. That's what happened with Tycho. So I'll. Um, so yeah, okay. So I'll run at the foot, and what I'll try to do is uh, grab the ankle, like like grab a foot, brace myself, and just kind of yank okay, the leg. Yeah. And in fact, like the timing of it, you know, it is kind of stumbling forward because it's bleeding now profusely from the femoral artery. As it kind of stumbles forward, it's already off balance. And you basically kind of twist and grab two-handed around the ankle. And it start it you know, it's ankle twist, and it basically falls off balance and begins to fall towards the ground. Tycho, your go. Uh... I so the, there's still this one that's left, right? There's there are well, yes, I, I there's two, but one is being controlled by Cassandra. Okay, so I guess I take this this I now that this one's on the ground, uh, can it's falling I, like, towards the ground hasn't fallen yet, unless you want to wait. I, unless I want to. Unless you want to wait for it to completely fall. I grab it by the leg and and like. Slam it down. Okay, nice. Okay. So basically both you and Astrid, I mean, you kind of grab and you have that same kind of lever point. And then it's already off balance, which just tips it even further. And it falls harder and faster and slams into the rock. And you can see like the head kind of, you know, breathe off to the side. This huge plume of snow kind of goes everywhere. um, And you've managed to kind of bring uh, the creature down. It is not out but it's definitely taken down and it would, you know, probably try to get up again. So Sigrun, you are kind of last in this because you were a little bit slowed, but, you know, the bloodlust is starting to flow into your veins. The fact that you, you know, just exerted the kill, your warrior's skill and your warrior's, uh, you know, concentration begins to flow through you. And again, you're invigorated. What do you do? Uh, sorry, there's no giants left alive? Uh, no, that's not true. Uh, there oh, are well, uh, ones under uh, uh, Cassandra's control, right? One is under Cassandra's control, seems to be completely under her control, and then the other ones are being wrestled to the ground and being attacked by the twins and Astrid. Is there anything else going on? 
Um, you can see the villagers begin to, you know, rally at the gates. They're ringing, uh, you know, the various bells and stuff like that. And definitely they seem buoyed by all your presence. You know, it's like heroes have come to their rescue and they feel that they would be safe. Yeah, because there's an army still, there was an army still coming towards the gates, right? Yeah, and that's that's what uh, Cassandra sent uh, the giant after in her direction. Right. Um, yeah, so I'll run in that direction. And I'll blow the horn, and uh, I'll rally the uh, the villagers to uh, reinforce the gate and to take up positions along the wall. Okay. And again, that horn kind of echoes throughout the entire area. But then as you do this, there is almost a counter horn that seems to come from beyond the mist and the fog. And you hear these flapping of giant wings. <laughs> And another horn, this one darker toned. And you can see flapping and coming through the, the clouds now is some sort of winged serpent or maybe a dragon. And there is some sort of general or warrior on its back. And it is coming uh, down and swooping low um, and kind of basically starting to flow over the area where that other army of these humanoid creatures are coming. And it's actually kind of sweeping up towards the area. So another combatant has entered the area and is now, you know, there as a challenger. Now, there is something, Sigrun, with all your training. You can see that all of these other creatures, where it, where whether it's the horde that's coming or even the giants, they are just denizens of shadow. They're just creatures, albeit fearsome and powerful. But there's something about the way this dragon rider is moving that suggests skill and knowledge and tactical acumen. Hmm. Then I'll uh, direct everyone. I'll say to the dragon. <laughs> okay. All right. And you know, as those inspiring words kind of you know uh, leach out, that uh, it echoes into the area. So um, you can definitely feel the villagers are starting to rally, and you can see some hails of arrows starting to move in and being shot in your direction. But again, it's nowhere near as effectual as you guys. Okay. So uh, back at the top now, uh, Sorrel, um, the giant has fallen to the ground. Its neck is sort of exposed its eyes are kind of looking at you you could basically finish it off and do some sort of killing blow if you wish i think i shall okay where and how i'm gonna stab it in in the neck just kind of trying to put it out its other its misery quickly okay um and again your blade kind of goes in and just at the last moment you, the blade, it starts to bend and it pricks in, but you feel just the tip of your blade actually bend and almost warp a little bit. And it forces its way and bends just a little bit and it just kind of kinks your arm a little bit, but it goes through and you penetrate into the artery and, whoosh, and basically you can see the eyes begin to, you know, fade and start to go out as even more arterial blood gushes everywhere. In fact, um, a big geyser of the giant's warm blood just flows all over you and you're, you're covered. Um, a, let's, okay. Um, Cassandra. Okay, so if I try to do another power word, would I lose my link with the giant? 
Like if I just want to go sleep on the dragon? Uh, I don't want the, 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 a psychic the, the, link on it. I uh, just want to use my power word sleep. Oh, power word sleep. Yeah. You could try um, just casting power word sleep. It wouldn't, it wouldn't detract. I mean, doing two things at once is always more tiring. Right. Because you're losing your focus. But yeah. you could do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. I just want to make sure that the, dry, the giant is still doing as I... It. Okay, yeah, and want, it's it's moving in yeah, that direction. I don't for want sure. to lose because I don't want us to have to fight the giant when we're fighting the other guys. So Got it. I want to do sleep on the dragon. Okay, so you reach out, the dragon is kind of swooping towards you, and whoosh, power words sleep, and then you feel this energy surge out like a black force field almost expanding from the rider mm-hmm. and he utters a power word that basically disrupts your spell okay. not your spell but your power word okay. countered by something of equal power and it does not affect the dragon who continues to sweep okay. towards you okay uh astrid uh, definitely you see Sorrel has put a killing blow into the giant and you can see its eyes and its life uh, force begin to flow away from it. Um, so you can take other action here. It depends on what you want to do. Obviously, there's the dragon rider. Now, as you take a look at what this other army or this mass, you know, this mass, uh, the horde of, of, of creatures, it seems to be like shambling bodies really icy or you know ice blue gray skin kind of zombies just kind of walking and moaning towards you and very much like any zombie film like it the individual creatures are weak but in massive numbers they are extremely dangerous and they are shambling towards the village but of course cassandra's giant is walking towards them very quickly what do you do how close am I? So I don't have any weapons. Um, how you, close am I to the villagers? Um, probably, I mean, you could move to the wall of the castle and the fortification basically in one turn. You could get there if you wanted to. So I'll, I'll run back there and <laughs> I'll say a bow and arrow, a bow and a quiver of arrows, please. Okay. Uh, so you do please. that, they call out, and then somebody does kind of chuck you a weapon and a bow and arrow. You have that in your hands. Okay, that's all okay. you can do this turn. Tycho. The giant's oh. body kind of spasms in front of you and goes into its death throes, but you are close to where your sister is and still in your powerful battle form. Um, and, you know, again... The, the army kind of is uh, coming towards you, surging in that direction. But coming even faster is the dragon rider who is, is uh, swooping low. And I pick up the corpse of this uh, thing and throw it at him. The at giant? Him. Yes. The giant is really, really big. It's like 30 foot tall, several tons. You mm-hmm. could probably lift it. <laughs> I don't think you could throw it. You're strong, but you're not that strong. Now, okay. if you wanted to like rip a finger off and hurl it like a weapon, that you could do. Okay, I'll try that then. <laughs> so how about an arm? Could you do an arm? Uh, do you want to go for the arm or are you going for a smaller projectile that's a little bit more manageable? Um, I think arm because I'm trying to... To really like knock knock them off balance, really. Okay. And and make use of, of my strength. 
So I'm going to say this. You actually somehow managed to get like the perfect combination of leverage between a rock and a bit of ice and you pull against it, twist. You can feel the skin begin to separate from its shoulder. You can hear this horrible crackle noise going as you start to separate it. And then you can feel the skin and the sinew and the tendons begin to pull away. It's going to take another turn, essentially, for you to pull it off. But once you do, you're going to have this massive giant club in your hand. Okay. Okay. Um, And then that brings us to Sigrun. Sigrun, in front of you is this uh, swooping dragon rider. You are, um, you know, rallying the troops and you hold Grey's One Deer shining in your hand. And that definitely, you know, it, it shines with a silver gold light that seems to almost be a beacon or a torch that just kind of lights up the entire valley. What do you do? Uh, does this uh, dragon rider come anywhere within range that I could leap up and, uh, like crawl onto the dragon's back no, myself. No, he is more canny than that. And he is flying basically right above that range. You would need to get a boost of something to get you beyond what you can just jump. You know, maybe it's being thrown, maybe a catapult or something like that, or some or other magic force. But if you're just going to jump, it's not going to mm. do. He's too tactically savvy. He's not going to fall for that one. Uh, I look for uh, for a catapult and some strong um, strong villagers or or, or, or fighters who uh-huh. can uh, give me a boost. Okay. Uh, I point at the dragon. I say, "Get me up there." <laughs> okay. And and then <laughs> secret goes flying up. <laughs> okay. Um. Hopefully, we've got good aim. <laughs> okay. Now, if Astrid was nearby, she definitely would have helped catapult you. Okay, that, 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 okay, that's cool. And what I'm going to say, I think normally, if it were just up to the villagers kind of doing the catapult, they're not going to be able to do it with enough precision to get you where you want to go. But with Astrid, you kind of directing and just, you know, uh, maneuvering just at the right angle, you actually, you know, you, you command the villagers and poof, it kind of goes off and like, Sigrin, you go flying right towards this creature and you basically, you sail slightly past the edge of where the, 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 the dragon's neck is and you actually crash into the side of, uh, of its body and you're able to kind of use your hands to slow your, de- uh, not your descent, but your, your path. And you actually manage to situate yourself towards the rear end of it. Now the dragon rider is more towards the middle of the creature, but you've managed to kind of grapple onto the back and it starts to buck and actually you know move its tail to try and fling you off but you have landed on this creature for sure and uh you know definitely kind of struggling in midair all right sorrel yes covered in blood (laughs) right Uh, I'm going to make sure that there isn't any blood in my eyes or anything. Okay, you wipe that off. It it kind of streams in. In fact, as you even, you know, wipe your eye over, it's like, you know, part of your your eye does get covered in the blood and it takes a while for your vision to clear a little bit. But yeah, you managed to do that. Okay. And then I'm going to take up a position to defend the gates of the village there against these creatures. Okay. All right. Cassandra. Okay, how far away am I from the dragon and the remaining giant? 
Um, the remaining giant is closing its distance uh, to the 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 the, the zombies. Um, so that's quite far away, maybe a hundred, a hundred and fifty feet. The dragon is swooping closer, and you can see now the dragon actually its pathway is starting to kind of do some erratic movement. And I mean, you were able to cast a spell or a power word before. Yeah. It's within that range if you want to. Okay. Um... So if I try to change my location, can I end up on the dragon? How? Describe I just, to I, I just want to think of I want to be on, on the dragon. So I just want to change. Like when I change to go to the giant, get, get closer to the giant, I just imagined where I wanted to be and I went there. So I want to just try and see if I can do the same thing. Okay. You reach out and you... Attempt to harness the imprint of the pattern inside your being and your essence. And one of the things that you do, even it's almost unconscious as you do so, you kind of step and the ground itself sort of elevates in front of you. It's almost like that these little pillars mm -hmm. and you start kind of going up. But as you do so, um, you know, they're kind of far further, further apart. Um, it is taking quite a bit of energy for you to do and you feel the connection with the giant begin to start to fade. Okay, so I'll stop. Okay. And I want to try, if I have, still have, I want to try and make the dragon sleep again. Okay. Um, if I have the energy to do that. Yeah, you, you have the energy. Okay. Uh, and again, you're starting to split yeah, your focus, so it's difficult. And, you know, in fact, just where you, you, you stop, the edge of your foot sort of, you know, uh, uh, jams into this kind of sharp, uh, you know, edge of rock. And that kind of gives you this, like, quick uh, explosion of pain inside your mind. But then you kind of reach out, and once again, you try to um, hit the, the, um, the, the dragon with the spell. Once again, the rider counters it okay. with another thing yeah. and is not kind of getting through right okay then i didn't think it would work yeah so that was cassandra astrid you are on the battlements and you have the bow and arrow in your hand what do you do i want to shoot at the dragon okay am i close enough to be able to do that you could easily do it what are you aiming for specifically uh you know what uh would I be able to see the rider? You can. I'll actually aim. No, I'll aim. So the dragon's probably pretty protected. I'm going to aim for its eye. The eye of the dragon. Yeah. Or, okay. you know, its face in general. Yeah, yeah, I understand. But... Okay. Um, so your shot is true, and it hits on the area of the face. Um, not quite the eye as it was kind of thrashing about as, uh, as Sigrun is kind of moving forward, but the arrow does penetrate and all of a sudden like the whole beast actually kind of shifts and kind of, you know, uh, thrashes about with pain. Sigrun, it's all you can do to kind of hang on to the back. You're actually very close to being thrown off and, you know, the dragon begins plummeting towards the ground. You can see that the rider is doing everything he can to try and control the dragon and change the course as it's starting to plummet and get closer to the ground. Uh, so that is a, a true strike. Um, Tycho. Can I get to the, the rider? With a jump? Yes, you could. Um, okay, I guess I have my, my arm now, right? 
Can yes. I reach him with the arm? Or reach them? It's yeah. a pretty big arm, yeah, and you could try to bat it out of the air. Now, I mean, it's one thing to aim for a human-sized rider, and it's another thing to aim at the large body of the dragon. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to bat the, the dragon out of the air to the ground. <laughs> okay. Boom. And like, I mean, you smack it and you can, Batter up. you can, you can feel that the, the, the giant's bones break and shatter and bend as it kind of crashes into the incredibly armored and muscled form of the dragon. But you do basically, you know, slam it further and it continues to spiral and you've batten it towards the ground. The rider has lost all ability control. Sigrin, um, you're kind of hanging on, but the dragon is basically moving on a collision course towards the ground and it's going to hit. Right, so. Going back, Sigrin, you're on the dragon's back. It's flailing its tail. You're managing to kind of hold on, but you, the rider, and the dragon are hurtling towards the ground as you're batted out of the air with this, you know, the giant's uh, arm. How close to the ground are we? It's getting closer any second. Um, you could jump down if you want, or you could just wait until, you're gonna, until you guys crash. So you're seconds uh, no, away. No, I'm going to jump forward. Okay. Um, to, and grab the, uh, the, the the rider, uh, and actually I'm going to jump forward with my sword. I'm going to impale the rider and try to um, pull him off the uh, the dragon with me as we go. Okay, the dragon rider is distracted by everything that's going on. Is trying to control and is trying to regain and is not able to react to you in time. And Graze One Deer plunges into its armored body. And all of a sudden, the body itself, the blood that is spewing everywhere begins to catch fire. And it's almost as if the blade penetrating into it, you can see this golden light begin to disrupt its form. And all of a sudden, this like radiant energy explodes all around it. And it screams in primal pain. And you can feel its body begin to disintegrate. And it turns around and it looks at you, holding out its weapon, but it's unable to control itself and it says to you in this horrible sepulchral voice, Open her! Why do you persecute us? And as those words are issued from its mouth, it seems to burn away entirely, and you and the dragon slam into the ground. Hmm. Sorrel. Yes. So at this point, um, the two giants are dead. Cassandra's giant is about to make contact with the horde. The dragon has basically plunged and been knocked out of the air. Um, so basically not very near to where your location are. You're holding well in a defensive position. You are kind of you know able to kind of control and soothe the populace. But other than that, you would have to move out if you want to actually have an impact on the, the battle, unless you want to get a weapon like a bow or you want to use a catapult or something like that. Hmm. I think I will look for a catapult. There's one right by, you have it? Yeah. I think I'm going to try and use that. Okay, against which target? 
against um maybe the dragon. Just okay. Keep going. And let's see. Okay, and uh, you know the catapult kind of goes up, and you know the rock smashes into the body of the dragon, uh, and, and the dragon's armored form kind of you know shudders as it takes the hit from a very powerful weapon, like a siege weapon. Now it, it does hurt it. You don't know if it's a killing blow, but you've definitely damaged it for sure. Uh, Cassandra. Okay, I'm just going to concentrate on the giant and just have it start killing all of the okay. zombies. And it takes like this giant swing of like a stone club and starts basically battering the ground, you know, swinging the, the, this, this huge, it's almost like a tree trunk and just bashing and like... You know, like in Lord of the Rings, yeah. when you get that scene and they all go flying, it's <laughs> like that. And you just like, you know, the whole front line just collapses and they get thrown into the air back, right and center. And it's just thrashing into all these creatures. These creatures, again, it's like the walking dead moving towards you with these horrible kind of, you know, um, almost breathy kind of sounds. And they're just... <sighs> And then, you know, there's all these noises of being smushed by the dragon. Uh, not I the dragon, the but by, by the giant. And that's kind of what happens. Now, your giant is under your control. You could take other action. You can take other movements. No, just, You're just going to focus yeah, on that. Astrid, you've got the bow in your hand. You managed to shoot the dragon. The dragon you think might still be alive, but you also know that Sigrun is there too. Yes, now I remember that Sigrun is still there. <laughs> <laughs> I think instead I'm going to um, just maintain my position and fire off as many arrows into the horde as I can. Okay. And I mean, you fire, you know, hail after hail. And in fact, following your direction and following your action, the villagers kind of take up bows and other weapons and catapults and they actually fling them into, you know, the horde as well. So between the giant, the hail of arrows, the hail of catapults that are smashing into it, you've probably reduced the horde to maybe half of its original number. And they're definitely starting to feel the toll. However, they are seemingly undead and they just continue to move in your direction irrespective of the damage that they're actually taking you figure that they're not going to stop until they're all obliterated Tycho you still have the giant's arm in your hands <laughs> I <laughs> uh, so to, to be clear um, the 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 dragon is down. The dragon but, is down, but not out. But not out. Okay, so I um rush over to it and start clubbing it with the <laughs> the remains of this giant's arm. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it's quite the distance, right? And you can see, like you know, you got this little human figure with, this giant with a massive <laughs> arm that is like you know twenty times the length of Tycho's actual body, but it doesn't matter. And it's like whoop, whoop and it goes into like the head of the dragon, and you can feel like the neck kind of crumple. And then you do it another time, whoop, boom, like two of these consecutive strikes. And lastly, uh, uh, Sigrun, you were there. There is no sign of the rider other than kind of like a burnt out um, silhouette of kind of a mix between soot and kind of carbon burns and almost gold dust. 
That's all that remains of this creature. It seems to have burnt away and disintegrated entirely. But the dragon does stand in front of you. And just as you move off to the side, this massive giant arm slams into the neck of the giant. Is the dragon dead now? It's not dead. It If it takes maybe two more hits, it will die. Yeah. I look at the dragon. I look directly into the dragon's eye. Uh-huh. And I will say... Obey me. Oh. Surrender. Kneel to me. And it does. You feel that you have... Now, you have to make, uh, you know, direct contact with it. And you can feel its small reptilian monstrous brain put up a little bit of a fight, but you just reach around and kind of control it almost like, you know a bridle on a horse and the mind of this creature is yours. Awesome. I, uh, I direct it to, uh, to, to roll over onto its, uh, onto its belly. Like to say, like I yield. Okay. And I immediately, uh, call to Tycho and I say, hold off. <laughs> okay. And Tycho, you can see that. And I mean, you can interpret it's, it's evident what she is doing. She has, you know, forced the dragon into a position of submission and it seems to be okay. under her control. Okay, so with that, what I'm going to say is it takes a little, a couple more minutes, but it's basically a mop up, right? And it is a scene of complete and utter carnage. Now, Cassandra, you still control the giant even after this battle. Now, in order to maintain control of the giant, you have to continue to concentrate over time. I'm just going to tell it, go home. Okay. And And leave this village alone. It seems to trudge off into the mists, walking over the crushed bodies of these these dead zombie creatures whose bodies, torn and bloodied, are scattered everywhere, right? Um, and yeah, so you guys are victorious. There are shouts and cries of victory and salvation. Other horns and the bells begin to ring throughout the entire valley. And uh, Sigrun, you have a very bloodied and um, bruised dragon, but under, at least for now, your immediate control. Awesome. All right. What do you you guys... I will uh, call to the others. uh, um, Actually, I'll say to the dragon... Tell me your name. I am Draugnir. Drogbeat? Drogneer. D-R- Drogneer. Yeah, Drogneer. Yes. Drogneer. Definitely not Drogbeat. That sounds <laughs> too kind of rapper, you know, like, no, it's not Drogbeat. Yeah, it's kind of a disappointing <laughs> name. I'm glad it's not that. Yeah. <laughs> Drogneer, you will serve me. Do I have your your vow? You are the opener. Of course I serve you. What does that mean? Who, I am the opener. Who are you asking? Are you asking me, Alpha? Or are you asking Draugnir? Uh, I am asking... Uh, what's his name? Draugnir. Draugnir. I'm asking Draugnir. I... You are the collar and the opener of ways. I can smell it on your flesh. Command me, 
and I shall bring you into battle, into victory and glory. I want you to bring me to Sword Mother. I know not Sword Mother, but if you command and tell me where, I will take you there, for I obey the opener of ways. Okay. Excellent. I can do not but obey your very wish and command. All right. What are the what, what are the rest of you guys doing? Sigrun, would you like me to heal your dragon a little bit? I was just going to ask. Astrid, that would be lovely. It could be a powerful ally uh, if Sword Mother proves to be false. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I'm going to say this. You control... Well... No, no, sorry, I, I'm, I'm not going to say what I'm going to say. So Astrid, using your spells, using your medical knowledge, a little bit of massage here, massage there. Draugnir, I've got my power word too. Yeah, no, under, understand, right? Oh, okay, and and okay. you know, with that, over time, you're able to restore the dragon, so it is able, like it's got like shattered wings and shattered, like right. you know, it's it's in, and it's going to take some time to be able to heal up entirely okay because it's just being broken so badly by by Tycho um so uh you doubt that in the immediate future you will be able, it will be able to do anything other than just kind of walk around it's certainly not in a condition to fly I can at least stabilize it. Yeah, no, no, whatever. You, yeah, okay. it, it's not dying anymore. It's 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 no longer gonna you know expire from a contusion, right? Okay, I'll 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 work my magic. Okay. Thank you, Astrid. Now the villagers all kind of congregate, and they are you know basically bowing to you, and they um, you know there, there's one individual. Um, Osric, and he appears to be the leader of this kind of ragtag village or, or, or kind of, um, you know, stronghold. And he bends a knee to all of you and he says, Thank you. These, these creatures of legend and darkness, the Jotun, they came out of the mist. We heard their battle cries as they were nearing on our village. We thought there was no hope, but you came to us and you have defeated these things. The walking dead, the drow gear. Again, these are memories out of our legends and our worst nightmares. Yet you come like angels shining in the light to rescue us. How can we repay you? Who was leading that army? Who was on the dragon? Do you know? We do not know. A dark lord? A sorcerer king? Did I feel anything? Like, was he definitely someone from Amber? Or was he a sorcerer? You did not... You're not really sure if you could define what it is to be from Amber. Okay. Other than... But I, I did know that he was stronger than a normal... Yes. Human. 
right? And there's different things that, that gave those clues, right? There's just the intelligence that belied his actions and his tactics. Well, he was also able to stop But he was words. able to stop your power words. So at the very least, he had command over magic or power that was equal to your own. Right. And you know that amongst any other time when you try to use your abilities, no one can resist. Right. The only ones who can are other creatures that are like you. Right. Okay. So I suspect he's from Amber or something it's, similar. Or something similar. Yeah. That's definitely a possibility. So Osric says, how can we serve you? We are indebted now to the succor you have gave us. You obviously control these beings, and we saw you take command of the Jotun. You are definitely beings of great power. We only need a place to rest tonight. You need to take care of this dragon and help it to heal back to full health. We, we will require food and, and wine and, and privacy. All of this you shall have. And more. Whatever we owe you our lives, we owe you our existence. We are yours to command if you wish. Yes, you are our kingdom now. All right. Okay, so uh, what do you guys want to do? Like maybe tell me at a kind of macro level, like let's say for the next day, yeah. what what are you trying to do and what are your plans kind I of going forward? I thought we just needed to rest. Yep. Do we yep. need to do anything else? Sigrun is suggesting that this become a base and yeah. that uh, these people are, are uh, devoted to us now and um, will always be able to come here and, uh, and find uh, uh, food and, know, and, take care and accommodation. Of us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So evening and night settles. The moon rises brilliant in silver into the sky. And where once there was mist and cloud, fog and storm, it is now the clarity of the midnight sky, almost without clouds blocking the way. And it is in this place, in this valley, this shadow in time, a moment of peace and a moment of clarity. You are somewhere between your desired destination and the place you have come from. And still much remains to be seen. What do you wish to do? We haven't rested yet, have we? So, um, you know, this is an opportunity if you guys want to talk, if you want to strategize, you want to say what you're going to do going forward. I welcome that as a conversation. If you don't want to do that, then we can just assume the next day will happen. You guys will be fully rested, and you can go from there. It's up to you. Okay, well, um... Sigrun will say to uh, to the group, um, I do not know what happened as we walked the pattern, and you were all with me, and I could feel you. I could feel your support, except maybe you, Cassandra. Um, and I supported was... you at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to throw that in. Yeah. It was so it was so hard. I have I have been through many trials in my life and always come out and succeeded. I have not known failure except to be defeated by Swordmother that one time. 
I do not understand what happened, what prevented me from taking us all the way to Anaheim. Did I sense what was blocking us? Like, it seems like something is resisting our passage. Did I sense what that was? I'm going to put it in a different way. It's not so much that something was resisting or blocking. It is more like as you moved through shadow, it seemed that the path that Sigrun was able to carve and to move through always seemed to be in areas of difficulty and turbulence. Every step that you took along the way was echoed by storms and lightning or a jagged, narrow, twisted path. Never in all of the travel that you did, this walk through shadow, did you have what would be an easy, convenient, paved road? Is there something that we could do to make it easier? Like, did I sense that if I changed, like, the storm or the path that it would change? So you were never the one that was in control. Yes, I know. But I would like to know if, if I helped her by changing the look of the path, would that help us get have an easier path? So during the battle, Cassandra, you did a couple of things that sort of altered what was happening locally mm-hmm. on the ground. Right. Now, for various reasons, it never came to full fruition. Right. Okay. And again, you did get a sense that as soon as you were trying that, it started to be mentally taxing. Right. Which is why you had to make a choice yes. between the giant right. and that that action, right? So you do know that you have some degree of control over reality, but you yourself have not tried what Sigrin was doing. Okay. Okay, so you would have to experiment on your own. You do know and you've proven it that you have some degree of control using your volition and using your imagination, if you will, or your, okay. your, your, your will, that you can direct what things are happening around you. Now, how that impacts what Sigrun is doing, that's a very different question. Okay, so if somehow... Sigrun was able to give me the image of where we are going, would that be enough for me to shadow walk to that area? You theorize that that might be possible, but in order to really truly do that, she would have to surrender significantly to your psychic will. It's almost (laughs) like you have to pull out of her. What if she offered it? Just that, the image. I don't want to take her whole psyche. I just want that image. You all, all you can do is try. An image is an image. It is not the same as an experience, right? So let me put it to put it a different way. If you only pull the visual image out of a memory, you only have one of the senses, the sense of sight. You do not have the sense of smell and touch and feel and spirit 
Okay, well, can I just get that whole experience? Not without completely taking from her her psyche. Okay, so what if we somehow merged our psyche so that I could get that experience but direct where we go? If you did it as a psychic link and you maintain that link and she is basically feeding you her experiences and ideas and you were the one trying to bend shadow, Yeah. yeah, you probably could do that. Okay. So I tell you what I think may be possible, Sigrun, and ask if you're mm-hmm. willing to try. Yeah, I'm willing to try that. Okay. Sigrun, do you mention to the others what this warlord or warlock sorcerer mentioned to you before it fell? Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll say it was very odd. I don't know what he meant exactly but it was it inspired me to command the dragon what did he say i missed that he said why he called me opener i think and he said why do you do this why do you resist us he said actually persecute he said persecute why do you Persecute. persecute us I did not recognize him. I do not know who he was. But he came storming in here on a dragon, heading directly to the village. It seemed like an aggressive move. Yes. And it seemed like he was controlling the zombies. Possibly. Astrid and Sorrel, one of the things that resonates here with this scene, if you remember from your reading the card of judgment... There is some sort of angel or celestial being that is sounding a trumpet or a horn and rising up from the ground from, you know, tombs and cemeteries and things like that are the walking dead. And as you kind of realize and you take out, no, you don't, you don't have the card of judgment, but your memory of that card and of that reading is remarkably similar to what you saw when the mm. dead, the Draugr, were walking towards the village. Interesting. You know, maybe not in every artistic detail, but there was a horn, some type of flying creature, and definitely an army of walking dead. Not the literal expression of the card, but pretty damn close. That's encouraging to me, honestly, because that didn't go as badly as it could have. (laughs) And if that's past us, then we don't have to worry about it in the future. Sigrun? Yes? Do you also share the fact that the dragon has acknowledged you as the opener? Acknowledge me as which? As the opener, right? So it's not just the, the, whatever you want to call it, the warlock, the sorcerer that called you the opener of the ways. It is also Draugnir the dragon who acknowledges your presence. I, I oh. thought we all heard that. When okay. Said that, so, so, so. so, yeah, no, if, if that's the case, then yeah. Yeah, was he speaking aloud or in your mind? Uh, you know, let's say he's speaking aloud so okay. you guys would know that. Okay, so then you do have that information. All right. 
But what it, we don't know what the opener of the ways means. You don't. Sigrun doesn't know what it means. Sigrun doesn't know what it means either. Yeah. All right. What do you do? What's next? Uh, I think the next would be uh, the attempt to still go to see Sword Mother, and Sigrun will feed um, Cassandra with the image uh, and the emotion, the experience of uh, sitting down at the table with uh, with Sword Mother and, and having a hearty stew together. After a night's rest. Great. Yes. <laughs> and we'll um, take the dragon uh, with us. Even though it has well, to Well, actually, I should ask the dragon if uh, Dag- Dag- Dagner? Dragnir, yes. Dragnir. Uh, can, can you take us to... Uh, Anaheim. To Vanaheim. Vanaheim. I do not know the way. You are the opener. You must guide me. If you open... You, come, you will come with us, though. I can come with you. Know that I am not well enough to yet make use of my wings. But as soon as they have, my wings are yours to command. How long for your wings to heal? This knowledge is beyond me. It is not something I have experienced before, but then I have not experienced the healing touch of you. And it turns and looks at Astrid. You also have the scent of an opener. Are you also my commander? Who must I obey? You must obey me. It turns its head and it actually looks at all of you. And you can feel and you can sense that it questions whether or not it should obey only Sigrund. You should obey all of us. But this one, the first, the slayer, of my former master. She commands me and has given my command. Do I give my allegiance to her or to all of you? To all of us. You give your allegiance to me first and foremost, and you serve my companions as I ask you to. As you wish. Perhaps you could answer a question for me, though, Dragnir. I will try. Opener of ways. Have you met other openers besides us? No. We did not know that you yourselves would be the heralds of our glorious army. We heard the clarion call of the gateways that you have opened. And we sought to mobilize. We felt somewhere your presence, and we heard your call, and we moved to find you, and we have found you. This is a glorious day. But why were you attacking us? Indeed. We did not know. First, my former master, 
was my commander. I followed his instructions. He said, raid the stronghold, burn the village, and so we did, as did the Draugnir move to destroy, to corrupt, as did the giants, to smash and to wreak havoc and chaos, as surely you command. Did you not write these words, these instructions, these commandments for us? We are but following your instruction and your wishes. You confuse no, me. No, you have new orders now. You serve me and you support my friends as I ask, or my companions rather, uh, and you do as, as I ask you to. But what? You protect us. I am confused. What of the Grand Crusade? What Grand Crusade? The Grand Crusade is to come still. You must rest and be ready for it, for we will be calling on you then. But the dark wells are open. The black roads have been paved. What are you speaking of? The ways, of course. You confuse me. You you speak that I must serve you, yet you have opened. You, you have drawn the black road. Clearly, companies on the road. I wonder if others are also traveling these dark roads in addition to us. Of course, Opener. We hear the clarion call, and the legions rise to glory. The Grand Crusade has just begun. I would be at the forefront to taste of the glory and the blood of the enemy. And you will. I wonder if if uh, Gideon or others are, are rallying their forces to counter us. I would say that's very likely. You confuse me. I was born for conquest. I was born for the crusade. But the crusade is coming. There is no confusion here. We are headed there. We are merely seeking reinforcements, allies, and information before we charge into the battle. Of course, most wise, O Opener. I shall do your bidding. Thank you. Can you sense other openers? Sorry, uh was the question to me? Can you sense over our openers? Or? No, I, I wanted to ask the dragon. I'm trying to get it. Yeah, so Astro wants to ask the dragon, like, if we encounter, if other openers are traveling the pass while we are, would you be able to sense it? It moves its large serpentine neck towards you and inhales deeply through its nostrils. And it seems to sniff at each one of you. And Sigrun, you're the last that it actually smells, but you notice as it takes a deep sniff over you, it passes near your blade and it actually jerks its head up like as if it's being, you know, shocked in pain and it backs up and starts to kind of almost clamber back in fear. I do hmm. not 
understand, Opener. You hold this blade of golden light, and it burns me. How can you be the Opener, yet wield this weapon of evil? Hmm. You asked, and it looks at you, Astrid, if I can sense other openers. I smell only you. I smell the dark road on your scent. Who, on Astrid's? Hmm. On all of you. On all of us, okay. It is not stronger. It is the same. You share the same breath, the same will, and I serve you all. We are united in our purpose in this crusade. And I will do what I can. I will play my part in the days of glory to come. What do you believe your part is? To follow the opener of a ways into glorious battle. To then tear... question not the blade that I hold. It only surprises me, opener. I did not think one of your origins could withstand the light of the pattern. And what origins do you believe that we have? Well, you clearly must come from the Dark Well, do you not? Dark Well, hmm. And where do you come from? Shadow, where Uh all of us hail. Some from Um. farther, but not I. I only heard your call. So you are but a shadow dragon. If that's how you describe me, yes. He is still an ally. He is, even if he's not real and powerful. All right, Cassandra, shall we try this? If we've had our night's rest, yes. All right. Yeah. So just to be clear, uh, Alpha, yeah. uh, Sigrun is uh, setting up uh, some expectations for how this keep will be maintained and that there will always be uh, food and lodging and safety for us uh, if ever we were to return. Okay. And, you know, they very quickly, and there is almost a, a worshipfulness or a reverence that basically belies their actions. It's not the same as people just obeying other individuals. There is a element of you are creatures and beings of preternatural influence. Oh we're like gods. Yeah, gods might be too strong, but but yeah, they, I mean, there's a, there to there's a, there's an element, right, of of like you are like 
holy prophets or something like that, right? It's it's of that that nature, and and they're definitely you know you you see people scribes sort of writing down your words, all the things that you are saying, and they're started to be codified into you know scrolls of wisdom and you know stones of like ten commandments and things like that. So you know your impression and your your wishes are definitely being um, administered and carried out glorious executed. death in battle and the valkyries shall save you and take you up to valhalla where you shall live forever and drink the finest meat with the gods okay yeah and and they're all like sopping all that stuff up and like you know yeah, even like like the little eat every day <laughs> <laughs> And like, you know, there's a bunch of like little kids, you know, that are kind of wandering around with their braids and kind of, you know, like soot, uh, you know, in, in car faces. And I mean, they are drawing pictures of like this, uh, you know, large giant beetle with the giant's hand. And like, you know, they're drawing all sorts of stuff. <laughs> and, and like, you know, you can see like, you know, the kids are, are creating like, you know, drawings of all you guys and the giants and everything like that. Uh, Cassandra, you have this weird kind of golden halo drawn around you so you're definitely <laughs> you're, you're definitely passing into like myth and legend spread the word of our existence okay and and i mean yeah they're they're, they're going along with all that kind of stuff yeah and i, and I say grace van Dier belongs to sigrun <laughs> <laughs> okay and they write the stuff down you know stone tablets and everything Okay, so the next, okay, now I, I guess the, the, the final question I have for you guys is that you did initially say the dragon is to stay with the villagers and they are to take care of it. Are you still carrying that out or you guys want to? No, bring we'll the take the dragon with us. Okay. He'll have to walk. So, yeah. yes, it is not going to be able to fly. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it is going to be able to walk. Okay, so um, I'll kind of shortcut it a little bit. Um, essentially, with your minds linked, you are able to kind of do the similar type of path. But again, now you take the burden of this psychic concentration onto you. Mm -hmm. And in the same way, your path, although you manage at times to smooth it out and to create an area that, you know, might have a bit of a stone road, right? It inevitably gets washed over by some sort of flash flood that threatens to carry almost you all away. And it kind of, you know, goes off to the side or, you know, you slip on, you know, areas of kind of, you know, frozen ice and things like that. But over time with great, great, difficulty you manage to kind of pass through and carve through shadow mm -hmm. but it is with the utmost intensity and by the end of your journey at the next point you just like Sigrun had to rest and you're exhausted now you probably traveled for longer and further because you had everyone kind of bolstering your mm -hmm. way a little bit and some of that burden is shouldered by Sigrun Okay. okay. And you arrive in a snow-capped fjord. There is a small log cabin that lies nestled amongst the woods. In the dark 
edge of the forest behind, you can see majestic mountainsides that are covered in snow caps and, uh, uh, you know, rising up into the distance. There is a strange series of shadows that seem to hang over the sky, almost like branches that are kind of hanging over the canopy of the open area, sort of an extension of the woods and the forest itself. But Sigrin, you see in front of you the cabin where you did share often after a hunt, after a chase, after a battle train, the Sword Mother's cabin, where you have been so many times. And standing almost expectantly at the front door with a hearth burning in the back is someone who looks very similar to Sigrun, a powerfully built female warrior bedecked in armor, furs, and sort of wolf claw necklaces, that type of thing. And she stands very confidently, powerfully um, before you. And it is the Sword Mother, Sigrun, and she makes eye contact with you. Sigrun, you return from your journeys. I see you have brought companions. Yes, Sword Mother. I have returned, and we have many questions. Come in to and share my fire. If you are companions of my sword daughter, then you are welcome at my hearth. Warm yourselves and be at least for a while at peace. But leave the beast outside. <laughs> I do not wish to have to tangle with it, Sigrun. Of course, Sword Mother. Uh, the beast is uh, merely shadow, but uh, is it? of course, uh, it, it, it will obey. Its name is uh, Draugnir. I sense... Draugnir, be a good shadow dragon and wait outside, will you please? It kind of snuffles in the back. And you can see that upon looking at the dragon's form, she does not relax, meaning Sword Mother. She, in fact, her bearing is actually tightened and is prepared for combat. Why did you bring this beast with you? One of many questions, Sword Mother, that I have for you is, the beast is outside now? Yes. What is this beast? He says he is from Shadow and that uh, I am from the Dark Well. The Dark Well, you say? Yes. And the beast told you this? Yes, he told me more than I believe you have. Do you not sense chaos on it? Chaos? How do you mean? Come in. Let us discuss. At least over tea. 
Come, introduce me to your friends. So I'll lead my friends in and I will uh, say, this is, this is Tycho. He is uh, a true uh, gentleman warrior uh, with a, with a beetlish um, uh, tendency. Uh, this is uh, Astrid and um, she, she needs to chill out. Um, this here is the uh, Sorrel, uh, and she is she is as the world serpent Yorgamunder itself. And this this one is this one is Cassandra. I, I, I yeah, she's Cassandra. That's all I get. <laughs> That's all you get. She, Sigrun doesn't want to quite insult you because you've been working together, but she's kind of like, eh. <laughs> At so, least you haven't been told you're overbearing. So, <laughs> so the so the sword mother actually steps closer to Sorrel and Tycho. You seem very familiar, both of you. It is almost as if I get that a lot. Why? In, in my huge uh, beetle, beetle form. <laughs> I do not speak of your outward appearance, but more your bearing and your stance. There is something familiar, even reassuring about it. I hope that you will choose to reveal your origins. And just Cassandra? <laughs> Why do you bear so little by way of accolades by my sword daughter here? <laughs> I have no idea. You bear no weapon. No. You are not a warrior? I do not require a weapon. Ah. A sorceress, then. I'm not a sorceress. Well, we shall see. You, looking at Astrid. Sorry, how was Astrid introduced? She needs to chill out. (laughs) (laughs) You seem chill, if I understand the colloquialism, enough to me. Somehow I feel that my sword daughter's assessment of you is faulty. (laughs) But she has always been quick to judge. (laughs) I have studied the ways of disciplining the mind and the body. I can sense that. We... For better or worse, are on neutral ground here. You are the scions of Amber, yes, and you have understood what this means. Am I correct? Not entirely, Sword Mother. What does this mean? It seems like our whole lives have been lies. First, I should give you 
my name. And know that, sorceress, I know that names have power. I give you mine. Do not abuse it. I'm not a sorceress. If you say, my name is Deirdre, and I am a princess of Amber. You are also sons and daughters of my brothers, my sisters, my cousins. Evidently, you have gained the ability to walk through shadow, else you would not be able to find me. And I have tried my damnest to stay out of, shall we say, familial entanglements. Yet now you come to me. And where you go, trouble will surely follow. And she makes eye contact with the dragon. You will stand with us, uh, Sword Mother? That depends. Where do you stand and what do you stand for? I stand for what I've always stood for. Yes, Only but I now... don't know where I belong now. I, I have not been to this amber place and I feel I must go there. Everything has been a lie and I am seeking the truth as are my companions. We want to know why our parents sent us away from yes. them. Why were we kept captive for so long? All of you except for Sigrun. This has been my cross to bear. You are aware, of course, that Eric is king in Amber, yes? We have heard this, but we don't know who Eric is. Eric is king in Amber, or at least he wears its crown. And as a condition of fealty and loyalty, he made demands upon my brethren, my sisters, that their progeny should submit to supervision. And of course, my sister Flora, you may know her as Floramel, was to be the administrator of this program. Hmm. I, of course, was not willing to allow this, which is why I am not in Eric's good graces. Thank you, Sword Mother. I feel you have spared me from years of futile lies. No, Sword Daughter. All I have done is prolong the inevitable. To delay for a few short whiles, a, sh a few short, short moments, your connections to the place that draws us all back where all things, where all roads must eventually lead. Yes, I did not submit to Eric's demand. If anything, though, 
Sigrun, that places you in even greater danger, for you are my progeny. Mother. Yes, that I am. About the shield now. You are perceptive, Tycho, like I believe your father is perceptive. What? Who is my father? Your father doesn't matter, Sigra. Oh, he is. He is not an aberrant. Let us call him a dalliance, a moment of interest and infatuation, a means to an end. What matters is my blood. So, how did you escape your warden? That must not have been an easy thing. Flora is skilled. We received a, a raven, brought us a trump card of Benedict. We used the trump card. It took us to the tower where Corwin was being held. Yes. And he was being held by Trump power, like there were chains filled with Trump power and he couldn't escape. He used blood magic to get us to the pattern. We walked the pattern. We released Corwin, our cousin Gideon. Well, I brought him to where we were and he left with Corwin. And then we came to you for answers. We should say he kidnapped Corwin. Yes, if we were he, being took, accurate. he took Corwin against his will. I find that difficult to believe. Corwin was very weak. Ah, for that I am sorry. He is definitely one, I would say, does not go willingly into the dark. Gideon, you but said? But what of him, Mother? He, uh, he, he hurt me. He... He, he tried to take this sword, but the sword didn't want to go. She look, and she pauses, her eyes incredulous. That is Gray's one, dear. Why do you hold it? The, the sword has attached itself to Sigrid. Because the sword bonded to me. When we recovered the sword from the pattern, it bonded to Sigrun. You found the sword during your walk in the pattern? It was in the center of the pattern. That seems to make the most sense. In, If it was part of your experience and you took it within that walk, it is possible it would have been attuned to you. But you understand this is Corwin's blade. The blade thinks it's Sigrun's now. I understand it was Corwin's blade, but it has bonded to me. You walk a very dangerous path, daughter. Corwin and I, we share a path of, let's say, positive interaction. But I worry that your possession of this will not bode well. 
how can I help it if the sword picked me? Well, that is exactly it. The sword picked you. The sword is of the pattern, which means the pattern has chosen you. And why you over Corwin? <sighs> what Perhaps else? Perhaps I am more worthy. She just shakes her head. Sword you... Mother, I have never seen you bow to any, and yet I hear in your voice, in your words, not spoken. This inference, as though you would bow to him. Tell me, why? I owe him. If there is one person that I can attribute with my freedom, the person who gave me the ability to stand outside of our family, it has always been Corwin. I grant you that I am not innocent in getting him to that point. I may have done my own share of influencing to ensure that outcome. But at the end of the day, I owe him. And that is why, daughter, I sent you to him. Do you not remember as we fought at the edge of Vanaheim before the great Trig, I spoke with Corwin through Trump. And he did say that he was not himself. So, at the very least, I have you and your companions to thank for ensuring that he, at least, is no longer a prisoner. But he is a prisoner with Gideon. Unless... I mean, do you know where Gideon's allegiances lie? Do you know who Gideon is? Gideon, our cousin? I believe Gideon is Blaze's progeny. Do you know? Anyways. Astrid just shakes her head, no. Would I know that Blaze is Fiona's full brother? It has some resonance for you. You're not really sure. Like when you hear the name, it seems to connect with uh, Fiona and and the... Like is Blaze the brother that she called on to capture me? You're not sure, but more than likely you feel that that could be the case. If you came to me for shelter, I cannot grant you this. We came to you for answers. We do not know what to do next. We have not been told of our heritage. We want to learn about it. I thought you walked the pattern. You should know. The pattern gave us some hints. Wait, Kit, sorry. Where did you walk the pattern? Where did we walk the pattern? Was it in Amber? Which pattern did we walk? You don't know. You were transported to a place... That was directed to you through Corwin and the Bloodbird. You arrived there and you walked it. You never went outside of the building? We do not know where we Describe for me the room. Right. Okay, so, so <laughs> that does not... 
in the catacombs underneath Castle Amber, the pattern has been inscribed. It is said that the same pattern in its reverse resides in Rebma, which is its reflection. There may be other places too where the reflection of the pattern stands real, but what you describe to me does not sound like the pattern that I have walked. Tell me, what is your experience when you walk through shadow? It's difficult. It was it was stormy, Mother. Yes. It was the path was unclear and it was very difficult. And it was lots of resistance. What were you trying to do? How the the pattern and the use of shadow is simply a projection of an amberite's will. You should be able to go to places and find things that you desire. It should not be difficult. Well, it was. It was difficult to get here, Mother. Even when it, Sigrun and I... Cassandra is the only yeah. one helped us to get here. I could not get us here. Even when I combined my mind with Sigrun so that I could get the image of here, it was still very difficult. It wasn't quite as difficult, but I'm exhausted from it. Watch and follow me. Just walk with me. She steps once, twice. You follow her outside of um, the, the, the cabin. And then she steps into the snow. A slight path kind of forms around her, going into the trees. And the world sort of shifts around you. The stars begin to actually scintillate and move beyond. And you realize you are no longer in the same place that you were. You... Do not sense any resistance. The wind itself actually, you know, calms down to a gentle breeze. And then within a couple of steps, you hang over this glorious vista that looks onto a cliff. And over beyond the cliff is a sea of stars. Projecting from there is a rainbow bridge which seems to extend into infinity and you can see far, far beyond. That lattice work of branches you now see as being the shadows cast by a giant tree that seems to span over more than one reality, sparkling upwards into the heavens. That was not difficult, was it? No, but you did that. Exactly. And I can take all of you. It does not cost me my energy. I am able to walk, and I do not possess Grayswandir, this talisman of power. Well, let me try to return us to your home, now that I know where it is. What are you saying, Mother? I am saying that whatever it is that you have gained, whatever it is that you have imprinted, I do not believe it to be the true pattern. Then what was it? It was a pattern. Mm -hmm. I am no source. What is it? 
I am only a warrior. It is all I have ever been. There are others. My sister Fiona. Flora Mayno. Blaze. He knows of these things. Our grandfather. Who can we trust? Who knows of these things? <sighs> we are Amberites. We should really not trust any of us. You can only trust... What is it that you desire? You can trust that those will always seek power in amber and seek to control and to dominate it. For with control of amber, you gain control over all of shadow. And there will always be, and you can trust in those who wish to upset that status quo. It has always been thus, and it always shall be. Mother, are you saying that I should not trust even you? You can trust that I wanted only the best for you, Sigrun. That I hoped and I wished like no other that you could somehow stay out of this conflict. That you could stay out of these politics. But you are as clearly embedded in all of this as anyone could be. Even though I sought to keep you apart, destiny, it seems, has gathered you together with your cousins. Mm, and all... Know. Yes. Tell me of my mother, Fiona. Ha! She looks like you. Can I, I trust her? She is the one who put me where I was. She was responding to Eric's command, and she did not feel that she could offer significant rationale or resistance. But Fiona has always been of her own mind. No one commands Fiona but Fiona. Surely you understand this. I understand this. Can you send me to her? And what of Corwin? Why do you fear him so? Why is he so strong? Corwin, once, before all of this, was the best of us. And that's not saying much. He was perhaps the least flawed, the most noble. But as all things inevitably are, when it comes to Amber, all our heads get twisted. And he, of course, hates Eric. Eric has which that which Corwin believes should be his. But Corwin is so... <sighs> without leverage. So he will fight the good fight and perhaps for a time with guile he may gain the upper hand but he is working always uphill eric has his cronies and they all stand with him and they will want you to swear allegiance as well so I you bow to none but you 
I am not your ruler. In me there is only danger. If I were you, I would run far, far away from this place. But the reality is that you cannot hide forever. At some point you must emerge into the light. And you must seek out which that which is your own. I am sorry. I hope... Tycho, you asked, what is it that I can do about the pattern? I just wanted to know what what does that even mean, saying that we didn't walk the pattern in the right way? Again, I am but a warrior. My views on such met- metaphysics are simple. But there before you, and she points to this tree that is both the center of things and the point furthest away from amber as it is possible to be without becoming full circle perhaps there you might find the answers you seek she's pointing at a tree Yggdrasil, Yggdrasil, sorry. So, I mean, she walked you guys through shadow to this area, which almost overlooks this sort of precipice in this area. The rainbow bridge, which kind of, you know, pierces through the sky and, you know, seems to project over this area of this almost mythical tree that seems to have branches that flow into other areas of reality. Mm-hmm. I would seek the dwarf. He knows more. I. Dworkin, it is said he is called. In some ways, he may have precipitated all of this And although he is not sound of mind, in moments of lucidity, he may be able to reveal to you that which I cannot. I have not studied enough, nor am I gifted enough in his ways to be able to help you there. How do we find Dworkin? Seek him out as you would seek out anything in pattern. Go to its base, she gestures to the tree. Look for clues there and be perceptive to windows into different realities. Okay, I go to the base. Mother, of the tree. what does it mean to be the opener? I don't know. Why do you ask this question? Because the dragon, he called us the opener. What do you, what is it that you think it, you've opened? The pattern? No, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense to me. What about a black road? What does that mean to you? Oh, that. I think, and I know very little of such things. This makes sense now. What you have walked, 
is what they call a broken pattern. It is said to be a flawed reflection of the true power, and it exists in dark places. And it explains why when you walk the pattern, you follow the most difficult roads. It is said that the broken pattern, you walk in between the lines, in the places of shadow. And although it may seem like you're walking in the light, you are actually walking the paths between. And that may be the key. Maybe when you try to use the pattern as it should be, walking on a path, that path cannot exist. And that is why your will is only able to partially form and partially obey your commands. But if there's a way that you can follow the darkness, that might be easier. But again, I am no student of the advanced arts. I barely understand these. I only know my own world. I know the power granted by me by the pattern. I know that the blade that you hold, that is of the true nature. But that's all I think. The Black Road, they say, is a story that arises. They are the rifts between worlds when shadow is broken. Where did you find this dragon? This beast? Were there other creatures? Were there other Jotun? Yes, yes, Sword Mother. There were Jotun there. There were the, 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 the giants who were attacking the village. As well as and the there was a whole army zombies. coming. There were zombies. Likely, they found their ways to other places in shadow through the dark road. And they said they heard our call, and that's why they came. She reaches her hand out, and she points northwest, and her hands sort of turn slightly upwards, and then you can see a second figure sort of extends, and she sort of creates like a um, grasping her other two fingers with her thumb, and it points straight. And for a second, in the exact direction that she points out, it seems like the starry sky before you actually clears and any clouds and fog that kind of surrounded this area seem to part. And then revealed before you, you can see from this point, there is passing through the infinite spaces that this place this shadow touches, there seems to be a dark path of almost pure darkness, almost as if it is absorbing all light 
into it, and it seems to pass like tendrils that extend in every direction. And she follows the path with her hands, and they seem to connect with the root structure that falls beneath Yggdrasil. There, it is said that the serpent feeds with poison at the roots of the great tree, and now more than ever, this is true. Chaos exudes from the roots, and now this darkness extends into all places. Likely, and I do not know how this came about, this will be reflected a flaw in all shadows. And wherever you walk, because you are attuned to this broken pattern, you may bring with it this dark path. Mother, the rider of the dragon, he said something to me. He said, why, why do you persecute us? It was as if he thought that I should be on his side. I do not know, daughter. But whatever it is that has been unleashed by the pattern you have walked, or this broken pattern, it is now allowing dark things to leach into the world. And maybe somehow you're connected to this, which is why they feel that you are the opener. Oh. So you're saying we Perhaps it has world? to do with our so-called escape from the little Thor's little zoo. We are no longer contained. Perhaps as we broke free of the cage, other things follow in our path. Did this... Sorry, how did you find Corwin? You said a blood you bird? You sent me to him. Uh, we raven. were given a, a trump raven card. came with a trump card of Benedict. Of Benedict. But when we traveled Benedict. to Benedict, it, it was not... But it was not Benedict when we traveled there. It was, it was a shadow? Truly. It was a shadow. He had yellow blood. Sorry, daughter, I did not mean to confuse. Yes, I sent you to Corwin via Trump. God, this, this is... The raven was sent to us by Corwin. Then you know, as much as I wish to deny it and to hope that it is otherwise, I fear that the broken pattern must be Corwin's. Did he create a pattern? I don't know if he created it or if he found it. Who? Corwin. Is it possible to create a pattern? Not to someone such as I. Is there a way to fix it? That's beyond my knowledge. 
This is probably what you are here to do. If you indeed cause this rift and the things which come out of the dark path, they seem to want to follow you, then either you will take these things and you shall bring about the downfall of Amber or you must heal the rift. Mother, if Amber has an equal opposite, that would imply that there is another place that is as real and perhaps is not as awful as you make this Amber sound. Amber is not in of itself awful. It is, in fact, the most glorious place. It is those who dwell and benefit from its powers who, shall I say, can become corrupted by its power. We have heard rumors that beyond Yig, in the furthest reaches of shadow, there may be another place. It's equal and opposite. And they would want nothing more than to erase amber and erase the pattern. This is when I speak of chaos. I do not know of them. I have not personally fought them, but there are rumors. Mother, I... Okay, I... I it's just that I want to get to Amber so bad since I... Since I... Since I know it exists and it's just... It's... It's... It's, it's like life itself. It calls to I you. I cannot abide these living in this shadow. So when I freed Fenrir, he said he would show me. You Amber. did what? You heard. Why? Of, of all things, Sigrund, you know that the beast must be shackled. You know that I, I, this is all that prevents... I don't know anything prevents... anymore, Mother. Everything I taught you, all the sagas, all the readings, all of the legends, how could you do this? Amber, Mother, kept from me my whole life. How could I not? Oh, good by the unicorn. What have you done? What have you done? You told me nothing. Oh, he told me everything. I thought... Amber is everything. Oh, God. And if your mother speaks true, we might be the cause of its destruction, albeit unwittingly. Ah. Mind you, she says also not to trust her. Look... I do not think I can do much more for you. I have... <laughs> I've done enough as it is. 
this conversation, yeah. I'm investigating the tree and I'm looking for Okay, the tree Mother, is still realities okay. away. It's okay. several shadows go, there. Will, okay. Mother, one, one, one small favor I ask. Please. If you have any of these cards, these trumps, as I've heard them talk about, and especially if you have one of yourself, could you please share it with me? It is a great thing you ask, but it is only fair, I think, for what you are surely to encounter. She reaches in, she pulls out from her deck, and she gives you a card that is drawn with her image on it. Thank you, Mother. I hope you will not abuse this trust. No, Mother. Very well. You need to be honest with me. You need to tell me everything that I need to know. What is your intent, all of you? What is your next step? We were seeking Amber. Yes, I would like to find my mother. She has a lot of answers to give. And to be fair, we were trying to figure out a way to what we should do to approach our, our erstwhile kin. The ones that have been imprisoned us and have kept us off balance and without any knowledge of what is going on. Okay. And I look pointedly at, at Deidre, since she clearly didn't tell her own daughter very much. There, I think on some levels, things are, should be quite simple. There is the existing reign, Eric, and those who ally with him, those who, at least in their attitudes and behaviors, seem to side with Eric. And Eric sits very uncomfortably on the throne. He fears those such as Corwin who may have a more legitimate claim. But he controls the royal ways into Amber. He has the, 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 the royal navy. All the ways into Amber will be watched and monitored, and he will seek nothing more than to find you and to secure proof of your loyalty. And if you are unwilling to give it, punishment, capture, or exile. Does he know we have escaped? He will know now. Flora absolutely would tell him. And I'm sure you are on everyone's watch list. Then there are those who operate... To oppose Eric, Corwin, maybe Blaze, maybe Fiona, maybe even Cain, I don't know. 
I think you should seek them out on your terms. Don't let let them determine the battlefield and decide for yourself where your allegiances lie. I do not think that if you declared your allegiance for Amber, even though that resides with Eric, that is in of itself a bad thing. That would perhaps allow you to claim your true birthright, walk the actual pattern, and then you will be princes and princesses with all the rights that that has. Or... Are you saying, Mother, that this dragon is nothing? We should just let it disappear into the shadow that it is? I do not say that. All things in shadows are tools to the science of amber. So you can use it as you will. But just know this. I do not believe it to be of amber side of the shadow. If anything, and the words you speak are true, it is a denizen of chaos, whatever that means. And then... Please. You advised us to seek out the dwarf Dorkin. Yes. You said that he could help us, but you didn't say how. He knows more in his own mad way than any of us. Arguably... About the pattern. About the pattern, about the trumps, about all the things which define reality. It is said that he might have even created it, although he does not really control it any longer. So maybe through him, you may find something that others do not currently possess that will allow you to keep your independence. That's all I know. And other than Blaze, maybe, Fiona, maybe, and Cain, maybe, the, the rest of your siblings are with Eric? Certainly not Corwin. But everybody else. Yes, certainly not. That is my belief. And there is one other. And he's the wild card. My brother. And who is that? My brother Brand. Always so gentle yet so unpredictable and always with that sense of melancholy. I think he more than anyone else feels that things are not right and he has always tried to upset the apple cart. But no one knows where he is. And it is likely that if there's anyone who sits behind everything that is happening, it might be him. Would you call him a hermit? That is almost a perfect term. 
Astrid. Why did you choose that word? Oh, uh, a reading, a tarot reading that Cousin Gideon gave. One of the cards I drew was the hermit. Well? I feel he took as much as he gave, Mother. Oh, that's probably true. Do not discount the readings of the cards. Even though they are interpreted by an individual, the cards are what they are. If you turned the hermit, however that is expressed, however that is understood, the hermit was still revealed. And that means if that is Brand, he plays a very important part in all of this. As I said, a wild card. And if I said, do not trust any of us, that is triply so for Brand. For one cannot even begin to fathom his mind and its stability. I fear for you all. I have only managed to navigate these times because of my neutrality. But you have come to me, and it will be shown that I have given you harbor and safe passage, as opposed to what my sister Flora would probably do, which is to turn you directly and immediately into King Eric. And I will not do the same for you. In fact, should they come for you, I shall deny that I have been in contact. But they have their ways of knowing. So take what respite you can for a short while. And then continue. I cannot be your sanctuary, unfortunately. I understand. Do you have a trump card? It is enough, Mother. Thank you. Not that I am willing to give. To lend? What are you willing to give me in return? What What trump were you asking for, Cassandra? Fiona. What would you ask? Sorry, I didn't hear you, Karen. Fiona. Perhaps if we seek out this Dworkin, he can help us find Fiona. Deirdre thinks long and hard. Can you guarantee my daughter's safety? I will protect her. Sorry, are you asking that of Cassandra? Yeah. (laughs) I will protect her as much as I can. I am not asking for a statement of your capabilities. I'm asking for a guarantee. Indelible. You said to trust none of us. Irrevocable. Sealed. Against Fiona? You want me to protect her against Fiona or against everybody? I am not all-powerful. I don't know how I could make that guarantee. And if you cannot grant me that guarantee, I cannot part. I can promise that I will do everything in my power to protect her, but I cannot guarantee it. 
There is no, I don't know who I am going to be up against, what I am going to be up against. There are people more powerful than me out there. So you see my dilemma. If I want you... to contact my mother. She has questions to answer. I, at times, want to co contact your mother as well, even if just to give her a piece of my mind. That is why I would like to borrow the card. You can keep the card. If she does not wish to be contacted, even with her trump, you will not be able to contact her. I would like to try. You try it here? Yes. Be my guest. She hands you the card. Okay. I, I concentrate on the card and try to contact Fiona. It goes through several waves of temperature, from hot to cold to varying between the two. And you think you have the slightest hint of a contact on the other end. A small but subtle opening. Mother, can you hear me? Sorry, I just so you can't hear that, I was like whispering who, because you probably <laughs> didn't do that. It's Cassandra. I need to speak with you. Come to me. Can I walk through the card? Or can I extend my hand? You extend your hand? Eight cold, ghostly chill envelops your living hand and this wave of almost frozen ice begins crawling up your hand and it starts moving past your fingers, down your wrists, up your arms and into your forearm. It has this grip and you, you sense like it's not an iciness. It's, it's just that your hand grows colder and colder and colder. You make connection with something hard and grasping at the other end. And it pulls you almost like a bony hand just pulling at your living flesh as the sense of ice begins to trail up your arm and into your shoulder. What do you do? I walk through. <laughs> and Cassandra's gone. The trump card... Whoa, she's just gone? <laughs> falls to the ground and clatters, digs itself into the snow. And that's where we're end for today. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was cool. <laughs> okay, guys. Sandra, you can't just disappear like that and protect me at the same time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> But I didn't promise to protect you. <laughs> I said I can't guarantee your protection. <laughs> okay, guys. We'll talk to you in another month. Good. Yeah, sounds great. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. See ya. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.